Yo, what's up guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by you. Tonight's episode, not really brought to you by anybody. Just wanted to have a little side conversation, a little chat. Gravity Lab Radio is something myself, Nikla, and Mr. G, the ginger, Justin Grubbs, we love to do, we enjoy doing. Really, it's three homies hanging out in an office in my house and just having a good time. We bring in other friends, we shoot the breeze, and we have a lot of fun. But our funding is extremely limited. In the last two winters, Nick and myself have talked about actually traveling. We want to go to the land, Florida. We want to sit down with people like John LeBlanc. John is the vice president of performance designs, one of the guys who started it from the beginning, one of the greatest minds when it comes to parachute design, and really want to sit down with him. He is very interested in him being on the show, and there are a lot of other great names in the Deland area, a lot of manufacturers, a lot of designers, and just a lot of badass skydivers. Nick and I want to get out there for two to three days, do two shows a day. We need a few things. Number one, if you're in the Deland area and you work with manufacturers, you know manufacturers. I'm reaching out to some of you already, but if anybody wants to donate a conference room to use for that uh, two to three days where we can set up shop and do a show in the morning, show in the evening or afternoon, we'd love to get that set up. Also, we're trying to figure out how to get there. And that's where I say tonight's show is brought to by you, uh, brought to you by you. Guys and gals, I am very interested in putting this trip together, but we need help funding it. Nick and I both need to get airline tickets from here to uh, Florida. We need to actually get a rental car while we're there, a place to stay. It's like a three-day trip. Not even sure if it's worth trying to fund through through our fans and our audience. But I at least want to throw it out to you. Those of you who download the show, listen to these silly ads. Hit me up, Monty at GravityLabRadio.com. A lot of you are good friends with me. Hit me up on my own Facebook. Send me a message on my messenger. Send me an email. Send smoke signals. Throw out paper airplanes. Uh, Carrier pigeon, if you know what that whole joke I just did refers to. I'm so sorry. But no, definitely hit me up. Let me know if something it's something that you're interested in funding. And if we should really throw out a crowdsourcing for this. Um, I, I hate those. I feel tacky about them. I uh, think they're kind of gross um, in, in some cases. Some of them are great for sure. And I just don't want to be that gross guy. So you guys, you gals, you really are the ones who are, are the heartbeat behind our show. You're the ones who keep us driving. You're the ones who keep us ticking. Give me a holler. Let me know. See what we can do. Tonight, a buddy of mine, Jeremy Brown. I know Jeremy through the real world. I know Jeremy through not skydiving. And it's very rare that I have friends that way nowadays. But Jeremy, uh, he has made two tandems. And he's talked about getting a license. We love fun jumpers. We want to see what makes this fella tick. We want to see what stops him from getting a license. Jeremy's also a lot like me. He coaches. He coaches in his own hobby. He coaches in his own love. He's an endurance athlete coach. He's competed in triathlons, bike rides, marathons, all that other great stuff. So what's it like coaching to coach to do things in different worlds and really our comparisons? And, and the last quick and uh, uh, similarity to us is we both do our own podcast in our own realm. So he does it to endurance athletes. We do it with skydivers. So guys and gals, tonight, my good buddy, Jeremy Brown, enjoy the show. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole oh, time? Yeah, that's a good call. Gentlemen. Hey-o. Hey, Jeremy Brown. How you doing, buddy? What up? 
Guys and gals, tonight I have a guest on that none of you have ever heard of, <laughs> unless you're here. <laughs> unless you're my wife or my mom who might be watching. A little insulting yeah. when you put it that way. So one of the things we like to do on the show is we like to have new jumpers on the show every now and then. The perspective of somebody who has very few skydives is very interesting. So I'm going to do a quick rundown with who Jeremy is because we're going to go all over the place tonight. Number one, you have how many skydives, my friend? Um, officially two. Officially two. Two tandems. Two tandems, correct. And Nine jumps. Uh, static line jumps in the army in the army and you've thought about actually getting a license at some point yeah for sure yeah. we're going to get back to that conversation because so many of us try to talk our friends into doing jumps they do a jump maybe to getting them to come back to get a license what's your hang up what's your thing so those of you who are heavy in the sport a good chance to see how we can hang out with our homies and talk about it those of you who are new to the sport or uh, uh, um, are thinking about it and trying to get the sport yourself another opportunity as well also you're a coach I am. What kind of coaching do you do? Endurance coaching. So, I was hoping girls volleyball. <laughs> uh, you know, swim, bike, run. Anybody that wants to move their body through space a little more effectively. So it's 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 not limited to triathletes or runners. Uh, I had a guy that <clears throat> hired me a couple of years ago, and uh, and uh, where's that audio cue up? Uh, well, huh? <laughs> they're passing scotch glasses yeah, around. Not, I don't know what to do. I'm just getting warmed up here. <laughs> and uh, so he hired me because he was uh, big into elk hunting and he wanted to be able to hike further back in the Colorado mountains without getting his gassed, right? Get back to the good game. So uh, anybody that wants to use their body more effectively to move through space is kind of the way I define it. So you coach all three? Correct. Of swimming, biking, and running, all three elements Strength of triathlon. training, nutritional stuff, mental stuff. But yeah, those are the three primary that... Uh, the bell curve of people here. So of, of the three sports that make up triathlon, is there one that you are most partial to? Anyone that you like coaching more than, than the others? Um, that's a good question. Not not specifically. Uh, I try to meet people where they're at. That's the biggest thing, probably much like you all do. You know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and, and backgrounds and experiences. And so... Well, what uh, about for, for your background personally? Do you have any... Do you enjoy any one of those sports more than any he other? He just put the mic in his butt. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, that. That was, that was a butt he, noise. He puts right all there. sorts of things in there. Is that the ice cream cone or... You remember <laughs> what was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, baby, baby. <laughs> Suck that. Uh, <laughs> but no, the question... The black on that? The question was... <laughs> Personally, for you, do you enjoy biking, swimming, or running? Do you enjoy one more than, than the others? Um, it's cyclic. It's probably much like what you guys do. Like it's right now is running because I'm kind of prepping for this running race. But sometimes it's riding my bike because you can see a lot of really cool shit riding your bike. And sometimes it's swimming because it's the only time I get to actually tune out life. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put your head under the water, you're just trying not to drown. Right, it's not swimming. It's just <laughs> I don't want to die. Right. So you're not thinking about Facebook. You're not thinking about email respond. You're not thinking about dinner tonight. You're thinking about fuck. Just keep breathing. So do you have? Do you usually ride and and run with uh, music in your ears with headphones on? It's funny you bring that up. I had someone ask me about that. I yes and no. Uh, when I'm running, like I, I did a run this morning, and I I was listening to an audio book. Mm -hmm. I like some type of noise, um, but also at times I like put myself into kind of a dark place where there's no feedback other than my own myself mm -hmm. so i like to kind of put myself into bad situations and not have something to rely on like the beat of a song to get me out of it mm -hmm. is there uh do you, do you do that more with running or, or with cycling um running more specifically yeah cycling because it's the worst thing in the entire world well it's pretty terrible <laughs> it is pretty fucking terrible yeah Agreed. um but uh you know with cycling it's a little more dangerous because you're out in open traffic sure um but you know if you're at home on the bike that goes nowhere you know stationary trainer then then music's Music's not bad. So I uh, have a confession to make. Okay. I did listen to a few episodes of your podcast. Which one? 
Because uh, I've got both. like eight of well, them. Well, I listened to two. <laughs> okay. Then I listened to... Uh, Solid on the research there. M- Mindful Mastery. Is that is that right? M- yeah, Mental Mastery. Mental Mastery, sorry. Close enough. And uh, Caffeine and Coaching. There you go. Solid. I listened to a couple Suck different guy. episodes New of New favorite of podcaster right here. Dude, I really I really <laughs> enjoyed uh, listening. Cool. I appreciate uh, that. And I, I actually I did make some questions based around some questions that you asked... Uh, Jesse Zavala, I think. Oh, this is going to be shitty. I can already <laughs> see where this is going. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I, game. I, I hope th- I hope I hope we're going to get to that. Yeah, that stuff. I, I mean, some, I don't I don't want to uh, to force the. I, I'm a bit of an exercise nerd, okay. but endurance sports <laughs> are a spot where I don't have a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of experience. Just yeah. a little bit. Anybody that's eating cashew <laughs> butter when I walk up and looks like they're in decent shape, Dude, they're in, they're into working out. I, you don't have to lie. Have hey. you had cashew butter? I haven't. I watched Dude, you eat it, but it you is, didn't offer me any. So would you like some? I have. I have a tub of it and a clean fork. Nutrition right now. Yeah, you got that scotch. <laughs> so I'll ask one quick question before I close out the intro. How many days in a row did you do a proper Murph? Uh, with the vest? Yeah. 32. It's a bad motherfucker right there. Let me see what yeah. I'm saying, man. Let me just, tell you what I don't want any of. Just a little bit into fitness. I'm a little bit of a fitness <laughs> let, me tell you what, let me tell you what I don't want any of. That. You know the guy who hates, hates running that you just heard? Uh-huh. Who did I see doing sprints on the uh, taxiway this morning? I was running those sprints. Dude, you were mo- I've seen you jog. You were fucking moving this morning. You meant it. You were pissed off yeah. at whatever was well, behind you. You know I have a really good friend who runs track competitively. My my bestie in Utah, my my friend whose wedding I did. Oh, you're saying you do Chase? Yeah, Chase. Yeah, yeah. Who? Uh, hey, he just Facetimed me for his gender reveal this week. You guys would be excited about that. <laughs> I know he, how much he, he like enders. He, he didn't ask me to do it on a skydive. Dick? Is yeah, that he, what it was? yeah. Was, <laughs> I'm like, was, is he a boy or girl? It was big, and he painted it pink for me. It was great. <laughs> oh yeah, so Chase runs track, and uh, I've known him through his entire track career, and he he medals at uh, national level competitions. Nice. And so he's a super fit guy. He owns a gym that's um, it's a functional fitness gym. It's uh, not a CrossFit. I was gym, say you, but, you can't but, say CrossFit but most, without paying somebody money, most, right? Well, <laughs> I think there's a big difference in the mentality between his gym and a CrossFit gym. Yeah. All the douchey, gimmicky things. Yeah. The thoughtless, hey, just do the wad right. sort of program. Shut up and get it done. Yeah, is <laughs> absent from his gym. He tailors it a lot more to to people doing specific sports. But watching him enjoy, I. He enjoys track so much that I feel like hey, there hey. must be something enjoyable about it. What are you, what are you piping up about? Hmm? I completely lost everybody. Did you guys keep hearing each other there? I did. Yeah. yeah. Man, that was so wonderful. Nick went dead quiet. Every time you, you touch that. Oh. No, I'm good right now. Every time you touch that, it goes dead silent in my ears. Right, I was but turning no, my headphones down a little. No, that's cool. As long as y'all <laughs> could still hear him. I just yeah, I think I went that's dead. That's weird. You just got a headphones problem. I think that's it. You got, huh? a, you got a bag jack. Or you're losing consciousness. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) But Chase loves track so much that I feel like there's just something enjoyable for me to find in there, and I cannot find it. (laughs) But uh, he's who I usually think of, and uh, he's written some um, track-specific programming for me in the past that every once in a while I get back to. Yeah. Well, the thing thing about track is, is it is a very acute pain. It is like (laughs) stabbing yourself with a pencil in the leg, right? Mm -hmm. You know immediately it happens. Whereas... Endurance, more like half marathons, marathons, even a 5K compared to track work, is is more like that dull ache kind of over time. And so it's, it's, it's what kind of weirdness are you into, really? You know, what, what kind of pain do you like? And so uh, sometimes you can, you can get a lot out of those tra- track sessions, though. Yeah, they're awful. I mean, uh, <laughs> but I, I awful in a way that I enjoy far more than I would enjoy doing distance running. Like if you told, if so, he, if, so he says now the guy that did thirty two Murphs in a row. Yeah, but that's a mile. 
Like a mile is not that far. You right? did 32 miles in a month. What? No, because isn't it two it's miles? It's two miles. So, yes, yeah, 64 miles. 64 miles in a month. Wearing a 20 pound weight vest. Oh, there you go. See, now, now you're starting to a crossfish. You'll tell us, are you vegan as well? No. <laughs> no. That's really funny. I was for like 10 years, but no, I'm growing up. Listen, listen, I know. I know this, I know this game. No. But, uh, so, but, but think about it. That's 15 miles a week. So you say it's, yeah. you say, hang on, you say it's not distance, but 15 miles a week. More than he's running. It's more than I'm running, and I'm training for a hundred k. Yeah, well, I was hate fucking all of those miles. It well, was not, it doesn't it was they not got enjoyable. <laughs> but uh, man, I had a I had a question loader that I totally fucking. I'm stealing that. Fuck one. the pain. Dude, away. But that's that's exactly like I hate every 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 step more or less of that mile. Yeah. Okay. Maybe 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 the first half mile isn't that bad, but the moment that I turn around and I know that I'm on the second half, and especially the second mile of of the yep. exercise, is terrible. And there's that voice in in my brain that says, "Man, just walk, like just you got it. Just yeah. take a step. It's all right. Your heart rate will come down. You'll be able to run more." See, well, there's there's the voice that tries to talk me into a more reasonable pace, and then there's the voice that says, "Man, just fuck all this. Why are you doing this? This is stupid." Mail it in. You, <laughs> do you get that voice? Oh yeah. So what, what do you? What's your conversation with that voice sound like? It's funny. I actually recorded a podcast today, kind of about that, and it was you know the, the whole self talk thing. And and for me, um, I like to lean into the pain. I like to when it's when it's tough and when it's when it feels the worst. So my and certain people that train with me know the worst conditions possible are when I want to go. Right. So like, is it is it storming? I've been known to start a bike ride because I heard light. I heard thunder rather. Can't hear lightning, but whatever. Um, but I, I've been known to do that. If it's raining, if it's cold, if it's just a windy, just the shittiest conditions possible, because then I really figure out what's going on in here. Right. And, and to me, that's that's where the breakthroughs happen. And you kind of start to unlock. I'm not in this for exercise. I don't do what I do for exercise. I do it because I'm trying to unlock more doors. You unlock that door, you walk through it and you go, holy shit, look at this room I've never got to play in. And you go in there, you play for a little while and there's another door and you got to figure out how to unlock that door. And so that's what I do with my fitness personally. So when I get to those points, it's always it's not always there are struggles. I'm not I'm not unique, um, but it's typically it's always can it suck a little more? You know, and I don't know if I got that from the military. I don't think I was given to me by my parents. Hey, have a Veterans Day, by the way. <clears throat> Thanks, buddy. What branch of the military were you in? I was Army. Okay, what'd yeah. you do for the Army? I was Airborne Infantry. Oh, cool. So oh, that's your nine they, static jumps. Yeah, All yeah. Right. So they uh, they trained me to jump out of planes and shoot at people, which is a completely functional life skill, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting on that call. I'm going to get that call one day. I got 8,500 <laughs> skydives, and I shoot at people all the time under parachute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never. You ever try to spit under canopy and hope you hit somebody? Uh, I have. Well, I've, I have. Hit, I've hit somebody, and that somebody was me the first time. I Nailed it. Because <laughs> I didn't. When you're, you know, flying a parachute up high, you don't. Your forward speed is an easy thing to overlook. And yeah, I just spit straight out in front of me. I think it landed on my, like, on my chest. I was doing tandems as a brand new tandem instructor. Didn't think about it. Spit over my shoulder. And what I didn't think about is my student's going to do what I just did. So he spat. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's awesome. That's where I spit now is straight up because yeah. it goes between my risers and out the back door. So on tandems, I stop spitting under canopy. But I like to spit how, at some How point. often did this happen? <laughs> once. This is a repeat once. offender here. No, it only happened no, once. No, I mean, how often do you spit under canopy before, so before this? I didn't realize until after all of the story is over a lot because after that, I'm not going to spit under canopy again because somebody spit on me. So I started spitting if I had the need to when the canopy's sniveling. So when parachute's opening That's up slowly. That's so fucking weird. So I spit in this opening <laughs> canopy. Canopy's why, out. Why, why, parachute, why do you need parachute's to spit? That's what I I'm could wondering. be thinking about dealing with this potential malfunction, or I could be hocking this fucking loogie right now. <laughs> because so it's really bothered me. <laughs> I think I valve salve naturally during free fall a lot to keep my ears from 
plugging and it I build up a oh, lot of saliva. Break, break down that nerd word for a second. You do I, what? I, I clear my ears a lot on, in free fall. Okay, I'm perfect. constantly swallowing. Yes, I said swallowing. <laughs> hey But the, the act of swallowing, you build up a lot of saliva. So I think that's where I get a lot of like, I, I constantly need to spit as soon as a parachute opens. I don't know why I always have. So I started spitting up at the opening canopy so my student wouldn't spit at me. Have you ever hit a parachute with a with a with a wad of spit? Not to my knowledge, but what I did learn Try harder. is I didn't realize how much I spit under canopy until I got a brand new G2. Full face helmet with a closed visor. First time I jumped the helmet, I spit the visor. And I, I, dude, I couldn't fly my parachute for a solid minute. Like, I knew I was clear. I knew it was good, but I was just like, oh my God, that was too funny. I did that twice. (laughs) Dumber than you look. I'm just visualizing you. That's pretty dumb. Hawking a fat loogie into the slider and then it slams down and comes right down (laughs) on top of you. What an odd phrase. Hawking a loogie. Hawking a loogie. Where do we get these words? Can we get some research? Does he do research while we're playing? Right. This is our let's young Jamie. The, let's figure out the origin yeah. of that. What's Hawking oh, Loogie? Where's so that come from? That one. So I want to kind of go back to the conversation we were on. And like Mr. P over here, I try to do minimal research in the show, but I, uh, I've listened to some coffee and uh, ca- or caffeine. And caffeine. Yeah, he doesn't even know the fucking name. No, yeah, caffeine he didn't listen. I thought he was your friend. Come on. And no. I'll, I'll tell you, your last episode, your audio levels were way better than some of your previous shows. There's some really shitty quality in there, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I, want, I was wondering if you got on to fix my levels yet. I have actually have not. Yeah. I basically sit down and it's like uh, it's like audio roulette. Let's just spin it and let's see. That's where we're at today. Dude, uh, I when we get done, I will uh, kick these guys out and I'll show you what I go through. If yeah, you want to see how see quick it. they are, the post, yeah. we'll go through. Sure. I mean, it's so quick and so easy, man. Sure. Um, but also mental mastery. And one of the things that I loved that you talked about recently is uncomfortable. Yeah. So let's just dive into that conversation. I'm not going to steal your thunder. No, that's my that's my jam. I think that people are too fucking soft. I think that bitches. Yeah, I think that, and and I mean it in a respectful way, but I think that people are way too comfortable. And what I mean by that is, like, <clears throat> for example, you know, it, we'll say nowadays, like I'm some old bastard, but you know, it's it's we're always allowing people to have an easy out, whether it's a participation ribbon because oh you showed up, or whether it's oh well you you deserve to be put in this management position where you work because you've been here for eighteen fucking years. No, you're just a terrible manager. That's why you've never gotten promoted. But we'd look for ways to to make sure people feel included. And I'm not even going to walk down that rabbit hole. But it's we always look for a way to make everyone feel that their uniqueness is is included. And that has made us very soft, very comfortable. So when we get essentially bitch slapped with adversity, we go, I don't know what to do. I'm, uh, what do I do? You know. And you guys deal with that in your industry. It's like you got to be firm in the in the moment, make the decision. Right or wrong, you got to make a decision. And I believe that becoming too comfortable makes a step back and go, fuck, I'm not calling, I'm not telling you which way to go. I, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know if we're going right or left. And <clears throat> to me, I keep clearing my, I keep hawking those loogies on, on audio, by the way. That's we're all good. It's from the <laughs> 70s, by the way. The uh, word hawk comes from uh, 19, no, 1581. 1581? Yeah. Jesus. So uh, hawk can be, uh, now I'm digressing. Bring uh, it. That's bring okay. It. Yeah, no, we hawk can be pronounced hawk or hawk, H-A-W-K-H-O-C-K. <laughs> and H-A-W-K is an old verb meaning to clear the throat or cough up phlegm. And it's uh, there is a six, late 16th century um, writing that they found for hawking up of blood, apparently. Sounds mm-hmm. like tuberculosis. Okay, Yikes. now finish your job. <laughs> no, I say finish your job. I'm not the main reason. Loogie. Where the fuck does Loogie come from? Because like Luigi. So, Loogie, it could be. Uh, it's got to be Italian. Loogie, Louie, or Lunger. 
apparently. <laughs> oh, got a lunger. Hawk and a lunger. <laughs> yes. And uh, the first uh, origin was lunger, um, and it came from a uh, a gob of phlegm since 1946. A gob. How, how good of a word is that? Yeah. It, it was uh, uh, referencing a tuberculosis patient. what I say? A, had a, a lunger. <laughs> oh, my gob. Yeah. Man. Wow. We, th- this is a very thorough uh, <laughs> write-up of the <laughs> entomology right, of this. Well, now, now that you, cl- you cleared your lunger, where were we? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, comfortable. Um, and I, I just I think that people look for the easy way out because it's we've allowed we've allowed ourselves to get comfortable. We've allowed ourselves to go. You know what? I've got this nice house. I live in a nice neighborhood. I got a decent income. I go to work. I come home. I kiss my family. I make dinner. We go to bed. I do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that people are scared to do anything that is outside of the quote unquote norm. I think that people are scared to take a chance, you know, which which is good because we all can't be entrepreneurs, you know, and we all can't just quit our jobs and say, fuck it all. I'm going to live in a van and drive around, you know, and go be a skydive instructor everywhere, which, by the way, my buddy's first ever jump was with a guy who it was his second day at this drop zone. He drove from Montana to Yellow, uh, to Yosemite at the drop zone there and it was literally his second day and, he, and my buddy under canopy my brother goes hey he goes you know, how long have you been here guys oh you know two days my buddy's like fuck you should have told me that before he left the plane you know and he goes <laughs> i literally drove down here slept in my van until they opened up and asked if i could get a job and and but we all can't do uh, that because yeah. if we all did that it would be a really weird place right <laughs> i mean you're describing skydivers they're all they're all kind of odd no i know yeah. i pass judgment i am like my job is to judge people no I, i'm agreeing with you yeah <laughs> He hasn't spent much time in DZ, and he already knows it's a really weird place. Right? I'm well aware, but but the the thing is, is we all have our place, right? But it's it's that it's that there are some of us skydivers who do it quite a bit. They're not they're they're taking risks, but they're taking calculated risks, right? But every time you leave that door, I'm sure there's a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling when you're hopping in the plane. Even if you've done it, however many times you guys have done it, there's still that initial feeling of oh shit, that's the feeling I live for. And that's the feeling I think people are afraid to get. It's that initial, and even it, it can be, it can be some type of communication between two people where you actually, for once in your life, speak your fucking mind. You actually say what it is that's on your mind, whether it's with your spouse or whoever. Like, you got the balls or whatever it is to say whatever it is on your mind. That's being uncomfortable. I think people are afraid to do that. They're afraid to offend somebody. They're afraid to say something that hurts somebody's feelings. Well, I'm not saying be a dickhead, right? But I'm saying that take some risks, live life. Because you're going to end up like my dad, early '60s. You're going to pass away, and you're going to and you're going to look back, and you're going to go, "Fuck did I do? Like I worked a great job for 33, 34 years. Then what? Like I retired in a hospital bed, dying of cancer. And so I've been more and more on that since Dad passed away this past summer. It just reminds me that, you know, there are some risks you don't need to take mm-hmm. that that are very crazy risks. But there's there's you got to live on the edge of that circle. Because if you don't ever put your foot over that circle, what if your circle is 10 times as big uh, as what it is now? You won't know that until you get to that edge and put your toe over the line and go, oh, shit, I, c- I can do that. And that's, that's Iron Man. That's skydiving. That's anything that people put on a bucket list. That's the shit you need to get uncomfortable and do, I believe. I want to go a little bit further into this conversation, and it's your conversation. I'm, I'm poking and prodding. Nick, did you listen to this uncomfortable mental mastery? Well, hang on. I've, I've, I have... Only one time in my life been on a podcast as not the podcaster. So the so in order for me to get on a podcast, I had to create like four of them. 
<laughs> so I'm do what you do. I'm good with it. No, our uh, conversations tend to wander. Uh, no, I did not listen to that episode. I think I got through two or three. I was uh, okay. sad that the other five pillars were not. Uh, yeah, not there's only two yet. of three. But hey, hey, that, that left you <laughs> hungry though, because because it, it on indeed, on so. Monday when the next one comes out, you're gonna go. Son of a bitch, I need to watch. I need to listen. No, to that it one. makes me think you're a quitter, man. <laughs> uh, I got so two preloaded. The the uncomfortable conversation. A, I love everything you went there. There's part of it. Um, guys and gals, if you really like any of these conversations, I do have to throw you and get you to check out Mental Mastery. Um, I honestly have to say. I've listened to some of your shows because we knew we were going to do this over time. I've been listening to the shows a little bit longer, although I heavily invested in the last two weeks. Um, and man, it really is a good conversation. I have nothing to do with triathlon world. I have nothing to do with endurance sport, man. I mean, I'm I'm happy I can run from my bedroom to my bathroom and make it on time. But the conversations, the, the self-fulfillment, the self-actualization, these are conversations we enjoy having. And mental mastery is phenomenal because it's a minute and a half to five minutes, and every now and then you do an extended cut 10-minute session. And there's such great challenges to your day. Consume it in a quick bite-sized chunk. Brush your teeth to it. Do whatever it is in the morning to make you start thinking. And that's your challenge is here's something to think about. And the uncomfortable conversation. You just had the first part of it. The second part of it that I love is we are so adverse to adversity. We do not like it. We do not receive it. We do not do well with struggle. And the reason we don't is because we're too comfortable. We're too used to struggle. And your point was get used to it. And this is coming back to where you guys went with running. And Nick uh, has been a huge influence and challenge in my life. Overall, I've lost a lot of weight um, to my own props credit. Up, props on that, by the Thank way. Thank you. It's and impressive. I, and I will take absolutely 100% credit because I'm the man who fucking nutted up and did it, but I will give in, uh, credit to my inspiration. The wind beneath my wings. Oh, Have I ever flap, told motherfucker you flap. you're not here? <laughs> did I shame you at any point? <laughs> no. Not on purpose? Not not to my knowledge. Damn it. Yeah. Not to my You're doing I, it wrong. <laughs> doing it wrong. You know what actually You'd make sh- a terrible coach. You know what <laughs> shamed me the most? Here, here's actually what broke the line for me. I'm sitting in night when when I am in bed on my on my iPad. I put my iPad on my lap as I lay in bed and watch it, and I had to move my iPad forward because my stomach was blocking part of the Boom. view. Just a little bit of the I'm like, this is fun. My stomach, man. Lights I, came on I, in the house. I gotta I gotta fix this. Um but in our sacrifice September, you know about it. Oh yeah. Um I woke up this morning without hitting snooze. I got on the bike. I made my ride. I made it through these adversities this morning, which makes the rest of my day 10 times fucking easier. Yep. 100% yep. truth is is kind of, I, I never realized that truth until we talked about it. And that's where you go. And I really want you to push further on your thoughts on that uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is no matter what we do in life, no one's going to live a perfect life. Right. No matter what we do, no matter how much money we make, you're going to have stress. Like, I'm here to be the bearer of bad news. There will be stress. And when you figure out your financial stress and you become more successful and you make more money, that stress will then be moved to something else. There is a finite amount of stress in our life that just gets reallocated. It's like this little amoeba that just moves through life. Once you fix it here, the fucking dam is leaking over here. And you got to go over there and plug that hole and that another hole over here. So <clears throat> I truly believe once you, once you get the point of understanding that there's going to be tough times. Like I'm not, I'm not sunshine and rainbows. Like it's going to be shitty. It's going to be hard. It's going to be dark, but I guarantee you for every down you have, there'll be an up life is nothing but ups and downs. And the way that I always explain, I actually had a conversation with an athlete today, you know, and it's when we're standing on top of that mountain and we're looking out and we go fucking made it. I'm here. 
But then you look up and you go, well, there's another mountain right up there. I'm going to go to that mountain, right? That's our next goal, our next step. Most people don't understand you must go into the valley to ascend the next mountain. To get up the next peak, you must go down. And people don't realize that. And that's the adversity. It's that going down. And so when you're up here and you start headed down, that's where it's going to get tough. That's where you're going to stop making the gains you were making and plateau if you're into you know weight loss or strength training or anything like that. Um, and it's I feel that, that that people are not as committed to just putting their head down and doing the day-to-day processes to get better. They're not as committed for that when it gets tough because they forget what their goal actually is. So it's easier to step back when you get punched in the face. You know, the saying goes, you know, get punched, get knocked out, get knocked down eight times, get up nine, right? That's the saying. And it's, it's very true. And it's how many times can you get up? But I'll tell you right now, you can always get up. And that's what people don't realize. When you're down, fuck, it looks like you'll never be able to stand up. You'll never get to the top of the next mountain. But when you get up there, you look around and go, son of a bitch, I made it. I'm here to tell you, you got to go in the valley again if you want to continue to grow. You can stand there and watch all your friends go to the top of the next mountain, but they've went through that adversity. They've accepted the fact that it's going to be tough. It's going to be shitty. You want to take a vacation? You want to go to Disney? You're going to have to save money for a year. That place is fucking expensive, right? To get a lightsaber. <laughs> oh my God. I knew you were going to be with a fucking lightsaber. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you got you to gotta go down the valley. You got to sacrifice. You got you to gotta just push through the tough did, times. Hold on. Did he show you the lightsaber when <laughs> I, you walked in? I, peripheral vision. I saw it. I'm always aware of what's okay. going on. I saw it. I'm I know well that he showed you, Justin. I'm well aware. Because yeah. I know he'd he showed me the first time yeah. I came over. I've seen you show to other people. I'm just happy that you really love that lightsaber. He it's just likes whooping his saber out. I will only show it. Show it did he hit you with it? Did <laughs> yeah. he show you the noises? Well, he, he did ask about the noises. At this point, <laughs> I'm over it to a fact that I will show it to people who I know will appreciate it. If I told it. you to go get it right now and, and do it on the show, would you? <laughs> just to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, we get, can we get a lightsaber? Can we get a lightsaber? So you're, I, the, I, you're the producer. Can we get a lightsaber? So I have a friend <laughs> who saw the lightsaber on Facebook, appreciated the lightsaber, had a phone call with me recently talking about the lightsaber, <laughs> said, you need to bring it on the show. And I said, if I do, Nick will fucking kill me. I don't know if I'd kill you, but I definitely have some thoughts. And then they insisted that I do it. <laughs> so Really? Just for effect now. Cola, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know her in person, so I can't uh, I can't make a lot of judgments about that. Yeah, but she uh, she was super down with me annoying you with it. So. Oh, good. Yeah, as you so, should. So I think that the conversation about like embracing adversity yep. is something that I love. And as someone... This is my hope, is that I think that most of... Skydiving is filled with people who are mostly not athletes. Like, you could call someone who... Who's I would disagree. Okay. It's a, it, it, uh, what do you... What do you okay. It's the judgment of uh, athlete. Like, people, what is People athlete, that aren't right? outwardly physically fit. Okay. People that don't uh, exercise. Right. Or are coordinated. Okay. Or have athletic backgrounds. I'm not trying to make fun. Yeah, no, no. no. But, but so many jumpers are absolutely with zero athletic background. Okay. And some of them, it's a struggle for them to understand their feet are connected to their body. I'm not trying to be silly with that yeah, statement. true story. And this is something I don't know because I don't know the industry. So this is all news so to me. You, you coach a swimmer yep. who has not been on, off the couch a lot lately. Yep. It's easy to get them to understand their arms. Like I've even seen a picture of you like posing a dude's arm, right? Yeah. It's easy to get into this awareness because we see our arms. Right. But they don't see their legs. And that is where most athletes struggle yep. who Agreed. aren't engaged in bilateral sports. Agree. And so imagine your average I'm a housewife, I'm a stay-at-home dad who hasn't done anything for years, or I work at a desk and suddenly I want to do a century rider. Suddenly, it's me, guys. I want to get into shape. How aware are they of their bodies? True. No, okay, I can, I can go with that, yeah. That's yeah. where most skydivers yeah, yeah. are. I'm with that. So, so with that thought in mind, uh, my hope is that 
someone listening to the to this podcast is going to think, man, I should start exercising. I should don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that someone might uh, think that you know this is this is their time that you know they've they've always thought about yeah. riding a bike. They've always thought about doing a triathlon. They've always thought about lifting weights. Wh- whatever it is. I think it's really easy to get lost between deciding you're going to do it and step one of actually doing it. Yep. So do you have any tricks that help you to actually get things done? Yeah. So I, so we had a, a good friend of ours who lives here locally that, that he was intimidated by signing up for an Ironman. I'll tell you right now, an Ironman is not a big fucking deal. Okay. And that's a, that's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a marathon, 26.2 miles. You're looking at... The pros do it in eight hours, and the slowest person that can actually be an official finisher is 17 hours of active movement through space. So he was kind of intimidated by it. He'd been an endurance athlete for a few years, <clears throat> trained with me quite a bit. And so um, we were on a bike ride one day, and and my wife, she doesn't have a whole lot to say. I'm the talker of the family, but they're, we're riding along, and they're having a conversation. And she said, well, you know, you should sign up and do Ironman Florida. And he goes, oh, I don't know. And she looks right at him and goes, well, why not? Will goes, I got nothing. I can't tell you why I shouldn't do it. And and Will's he's a unique specimen because he goes, fuck it, why not? I'm almost 50 years old, like not getting any younger, let's do it, right? But I think that that to go back to what you're saying, people spend so much energy coming up with reasons they can't do something than finding the reasons they can, right? So this is where you sit down to the old school list, pros and cons. If I do this, What's it? What's it? What's the potential gains? What's the potential risks? Well, the, the gains from exercise specifically, people don't understand, is getting up in the morning, twenty minutes early than you normally get up. Let's say you normally get up at, at six. Get up at five forty. Well, what is twenty minutes going to do? Well, you can get up. You can get your day started. You can get into a better mindset before you get into the Houston traffic or wherever you live, and go into work and deal with the boss that's an asshole doing a job you don't like and you're unhappy because you should have got a better degree. And you don't make much money. And you're going to go home because you got kids soccer that night. They think about all that shit. They don't realize that just 20 minutes can really open them up. And it could be you could get up and meditate. You could get up and do yoga. You could get up and just have breakfast and coffee and not have the stress of I got to get up and go do what I got to do. So to get them started, that's the very first thing you do. Get up 10 minutes earlier. Then all of a sudden you go, shit, I got all kinds of time. You know, I got people that, that I work with that I had a guy who just finished his first Ironman. And, uh, and he, owns, he owns three small businesses. He's dabbling, just trying to get stuff done. Works for another company for his fourth gig. And he has two kids, and he just completed an Ironman. And so we're talking to him. I was talking to him the other day, and I said, uh, he said, man, he said, you know, this is, he's, uh, I guess, a week and a half out now. It's kind of a chill time, recovery, let the body heal. I said, what are you doing with all your spare time? He goes, I don't know what the hell I used to do with it. Because once he got into Ironman training, it was kind of consumed. And he goes, I don't know what people do with their time. And so I think if we step back, for example, today, specifically, I removed Facebook from my phone. I realized that was sucking time from me. I'll sit down, I'll be eating my food, and I'm just, I'm literally scrolling, looking at people's lives. Well, good and bad, Facebook is a part of my company. I have to use it to communicate, but I don't have to use it on a personal level. And so I realized today that for myself, that that was creating a problem. So now all of a sudden, today I gain probably 30 minutes, if not an hour, (laughs) that I can do stuff. It's that simple. Like, I'm not talking go out and run three miles tomorrow. I'm talking get up and just go for a fucking walk for 20 minutes. Get up and move. Get up and get your coffee earlier. That's step one. One week of that. It's going to take you three weeks to get used to getting up 10 minutes earlier. And then guess what? When that happens, get up 20 minutes earlier. Three more weeks to adapt. All of a sudden, you're up an hour before work. 
that puts you going to bed before midnight, right? All of a sudden, instead of going to bed at 11, you're going to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You're actually getting eight hours of sleep or seven or whatever's good for your body, and you're more productive during the day. So to go to what you were saying, it's like, just fucking get started. The problem that I have, though, as a coach, and I've recognized this, is you got to know strengths and weaknesses of, of yourself. There are certain people that I will never communicate effectively to because I come from a little bit more of an aggressive. I'm not, listen, if I've got an athlete and they want me to come up and put my arm around them and say, oh, my God, your hair looks so great in this helmet. Oh, my God, you are so fantastic. I'm not that guy. Damn, I thought you were my coach for a second. No, I'm not that guy. Your fucking hair's terrible. Your hair's as bad as mine. So, um, No, I don't have hair. That's why it's <laughs> as bad as mine. Um, and so, you know, but we'll high five. But I'm going to tell you when you're fucking up, too. You know, and so if you're going to be be a little sensitive, Susie, we're not going to work out well together. And so I, I, I completely understand the messaging that I put out there. Some people may not relate to because there was one of them that I, I did that you guys may or may not heard. It was your goals suck. I love telling people that. And they were like, oh, you're an asshole. No, I'm not. People are scared to go after what it is they want to do. Mm. People are scared. Like when I talk about race goals, hey, how fast do you want to go in this race? Ah, I just want to finish it. Fuck that shit. That's stupid. You can finish it. How fast do you want to go? Put a goal out there that you may not make. Put something out there that you must strive. You must wake up and in the middle of the night, you know your goals are right. When you wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh shit, I can't miss this alarm. I have got to be to X, Y, and Z to get this done. And that's when you know you've got your goal set properly. So to go again for like the ninth time back to what you're saying, I think it's, it's getting started, right? That's the hardest part. But people really suck at setting goals. I don't care what it is. It could be saving money. It could be relationship goals. It could be business goals. It could be fucking anything. Talk to your parents more. I don't know what your goals are. Whatever your goals are, you got to make sure you got those in line. Because if you got your goals set right, you're going to wake up and you're going to go, ding, time to do some shit. Let's go. I want to tag in just because I learned something. I went off on a rant there. I, I, you guys got a soapbox Dude, around I here? I like to stand love, on I it. love those rants. You Dude, go for that. This is, yeah, it's gold. One of the things I learned over this last Sacrifice September is I hear the words all the time, I'm not a morning person. And I've realized for years I'm not a morning person. But the thing I learned during this Sacrifice September is it's not that I'm not a morning person. It's a I'm not a I just woke up person. Yeah, don't bug me in the first one to two hours that I woke up. Go fuck yourself. Right. Man, if I've been up for a couple hours and I've accomplished some things, it, it, it's Nick hates me more in the morning than ever before <laughs> because now I wake up and like, I've accomplished all this shit and I'm bright-eyed and ready to go. You're a worthless turd this yeah, morning. Yeah, I can yeah, see it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not because I catch him at the tail end of his workout. Yeah. Every morning, like this morning, I actually, I hadn't seen you do what you were doing with the kettlebell squats this morning and I heard you tinging those kettlebells on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I just, I heard that noise. I'm like, that's not a familiar noise. He cringed and went in the bathroom because he knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. So I just peeked out to see what he was doing. Like he flips a tire. Yeah. Like I, I will be walking up to the drop zone and hear yeah, the, the tire flipping. The tire makes a sound that's hard to, uh, you know, you ding, know it's ding, the ding, fucking ding, tire. Yeah. No, dude, it's a, it's a very loud slam. It's All like right. a 300 pound tire that comes down with some That's my dude right there. Yeah. Some noise. Yeah. I would say Nick is a CrossFit guy, except for he doesn't do CrossFit. But as far yeah, as that's like. That's pretty true. And he doesn't talk about it all the time. Functional. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dude. no longer vegan. Hey, you guys want to know my Fran time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What time? <laughs> Fran, you know what Fran is? It's a shitty benchmark workout. Uh, CrossFit workout. Fran yeah. dresser. You, you don't want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. No, I got to know what it stands for now, though. No, a lot of CrossFit workouts are named after women. Fran, Mary. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, now I'm disappointed. 
<laughs> so yeah, that whole adversity, that whole uh, waking up and getting something accomplished. You know, for for me, you ask those people who want to work out. For me, the big difference was is. Man, yeah, I'm not a morning person. Yeah, I don't have time in the morning. Yeah, I don't like mornings. But absolutely, I did what you suggested. I woke up when we first started doing our workout, our, our, our sacrifice September a little bit earlier. And as that got going, my goals got bigger. And then I woke up earlier to accomplish those larger goals because my goals sucked. Yep. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with it at all. Yeah. In the first week, I told Nick, this is where I'm at with my goals. He goes, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to up them. And I said, uh, and I actually lied to you because when I, at the point I said I'm going to up them, I was going to up them only so much. I up them more and the intervals more. So I, I, I up them more than him. I said I would then. Double down. Double down the goal. I like that. <sighs> it was, my goal sucked. I, I didn't realize. And part of it is, is I didn't realize how easy my goal was. Like my goal was daunting. I mean, imagine a guy who doesn't work out says, I'm going to ride. I'm going to spin. I, I, most of my rides weren't a bike ride. They were spin rides. Right. I'm going to spend 10 miles every morning. That's intimidating. Yeah, but you undervalue what the human body can do. You undervalue what the mind can do. Goggins, so uh, something just for you guys to both know, Goggins, Cynic, all the names that the three of us will talk about, similar names. Goggins, when I did the 100-mile ride, so when I did the 100-mile ride, I didn't spin it. I just rode hard and good. But Goggins was in my brain. When I was ready to quit, and I was ready to quit at some point, I got, I'm at 30%, bitch. Let's fucking go. And I put my head down. Yep. I covered the screen that had the mileage. I covered the screen that had the time. I put my head down. I had like something on Netflix. I turned the volume down, and I just hung my head low, closed my eyes, and just started focusing on the sounds of my stride. You went into that dark room. Just like fucking push, push, Dude. push. You can't look at that clock again. Hey, I got chills. That's my shit right there. Yeah, that is... 15 minutes later, I look up, I'm like... Oh, dude, I feel good. I don't like me, right? Like I was, I was, you know, the, yeah. and I think you both know. Like I, fu- I hate this. I feels good. <laughs> Jeremy, do you do you have a story of like the deepest, darkest you've been in that hole? Oh man, um, the, I I don't have one specifically. I think the the thing is, is that I don't remember going into the hole because I look for the hole. Okay, right. So it's not impactful when I go to the hole. It's not. It's it's. This sounds really, I guess, narcissistic, but when I go into the hole, it's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't stand out to me. When I don't go into the hole is when it stands out to me. So when I don't push myself to that level, when I am not willing, when I stand in that threshold of that going into that room that's dark and miserable and cold and shitty, it's when I stand there, the few times in my life I have turned around and walked the other way, those are what stay up here. And so so going into the hole for me, that's that's the goal. Like That's where I want to be because that's where where you figure it out you know but the times that you quit the times you allow yourself to to pull back and I, I recognize that that's that's hard for some people like that is more often than not people are going to more associate with going into the hole they're going to remember those times where it just got like his great story like it's like i was here i was this i was this is very impactful and powerful and and that's the norm i would say for a lot of people it takes some really fucked up people to go no, I, I kind of remember when I didn't go there, you know, because it's a letdown. It's a disappointment. I I have extremely let myself down many times, but I promise you the next time I went two rooms into that dark place. I want to, before I ask you the same question you just asked yourself, ask Jeremy, I want you to answer the same question before I go there. A question I, that came up to me and you just, I think, really hit it is for both of you guys, 
how many times have you been in a in a hate fuck workout situation, a hate fuck physical place? I'm such a good term. I'm in three days, I'm four down days. Down with that. That's a podcast name coming up for me <laughs> soon, by the way. Of <laughs> the fast, like just that place when you're dark in place, and then in hindsight, how much that you hated it in the moment. In hindsight, how much do you remember that hatred versus how much do you remember the hatred of walking away? And I'm glad you hit that. So, Nick, back answer your question you asked Jeremy, your dark moments, and then you can keep that other conversation there, in mind. There's one dark moment that stands out more than more than the rest. Uh, do, you, do you know what Jim Jones is? Have you heard of Jim Jones? Is that a rapper? <laughs> no. Well, J- the original <laughs> Jim Google, Jones. I think Jim Jones is actually a rapper from Houston. I could be wrong it, on that. It might be now. The original <laughs> well, Jim Mike Jones, Jones was the was the leader of the uh, the Kool-Aid cult. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, moved yeah. to, I think it was Guyana. That yeah. They had the, Over the in cult, Africa. The, yeah, yeah, the Jonestown yep. massacre. There is a gym in uh, in Utah, in Salt Lake City, where I'm from. It's actually the, the you've seen the movie 300. The Spartans. Don't go with movies because I'm not a movie watcher. Okay. Y- yes, YouTube, I have. You two normal people have seen 300. <laughs> I have not <laughs> seen so it. So the, the gym that uh, trained the guys for 300 is, is called Jim Jones. It's in, it's in Utah. Okay. And so I had seen the movie 300 and was fucking... I knew about Jim Jones through uh, my brother, I think, was actually the first person that told me about it. But it's there is a, a rapper. He's from New York. New York. It was close. Well... The real Jim Jones killed a bunch of people in the jungle with some fucking poison Kool-Aid and it was a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, but could he flow? Probably not. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He sure fucked a lot of women a lot and of people. convinced <laughs> people of some crazy shit. But uh, so Jim Jones was like kind of a proud to not be a CrossFit affiliate type of right. type of gym. Yep. A lot of similar movements, but... Um, but they, just they, not, they not didn't pay the, the franchise fee, right? Yeah, exactly okay. right. Yeah. And then they were very proud about, oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so they did uh, really, really awful workouts. The programming was just, uh, I mean, they trained a lot of sport-specific people, uh, sport-specific meaning jujitsu, uh, cyclists, people that right. had a, had specialty needs for, for whatever their, right. their uh, sport was. And so I was doing body piercing at the time. And, uh, a friend I would have never guessed that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 10 years, I think I did that. Uh, client of mine comes in and I, and he was someone who I regularly talked about fitness with because you could just tell by the build of the guy. He was, uh, he was built to, to ride a bicycle, super skinny, huge quads. You could just tell that the Judgy. homeboy, homeboy yeah. put in work. Yep. And so I started, we were talking about exercise and I was like, yeah, have you, there's this place in, uh, in Salt Lake called Jim Jones. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a trainer there. I was like, no fucking way you're a trader. <laughs> Small just, world. Because it's an invite-only place. It's yeah. like you can't just go there. The address wasn't on the website. Like it was a super exclusive place. And uh, he's like, yeah, you should you should come check it out. And I'm like, this is like a celebrity inviting me to the like, behind the scenes of a movie shoot. Right. And so I'm fucking psyched, right? So I go to Jim Jones and um, I spent a few months training there. But the, the thing about going to Jim, Jim Jones is they had a shirt that just says on the front of it, Jim Jones. Nothing else. And this shirt is not for sale. It right. even says on the website, it has a picture of the shirt. It says, this standard is not for sale. And uh, so the thing was, you you earned your shirt, right? You couldn't buy it. You, you couldn't ask for it. It was someday someone was going to beat the shit out of you, and then you were going to get your shirt, right? And uh, I don't remember the the entire workout, but... I think I knew maybe five minutes into it that like fuck like I'm getting it today. This is gonna happen. the The first thing was a uh, hundred uh, deadlifts at body weight. I think I weighed one pretty much the same I weigh right now, one forty at the time. And then ninety box jumps and eighty of something, seventy, sixty, whatever. And then um, I was I don't remember what the ten reps was when I got down to it, but I was fucking dead, and I was sure that that was it. And Josh, the kid that was training me, gets me up off the floor. 
and says, okay, get on the, get on the rower. And he had me do a 500 meter sprint at, at the, when I, dude, I was fully done. I was fully, I had, I had put Cashed it all in. out there. And, uh, so Josh is yelling at me, my two other friends who were there, who they've already had their day in the sun. They already have their shirts. They're all yelling at me. And dude, I wanted to quit more than I've ever wanted to quit anything in my entire life. I finished the 500 meter row. I fall off the rower onto the floor. I'm bawling like full emotional breakdown. And Josh just throws a shirt on me and, and leaves. And it was the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Did you know that you were going to get a shirt at this end oh, of the dude, workout? I, I, knew, I knew five minutes into the workout that like... It was a shirt I, workout. I mean, it was either I was I was getting through the workout and getting that shirt or I was going home in a fucking body bag. So like, that's, that's hey, what so, was going to happen. So with that, though, you had a goal. Yeah, sure. Once, I mean, you, once you got there and felt it, you knew that was the day for you to hit that goal, right? Sure. But it's a, it's a hard goal to measure. Of yeah, like, for I, sure. I just have to live up to someone's crazy expectations, whatever they think is worthy of this thing. Yep. That's what the goal is. So it's hard to know. So somebody asked you this: Would you have approached that workout the same way if they'd have sent you a note and said, "Hey, shirt workout tomorrow, come uh, get you some"? I probably would have done something more to prepare for. Maybe I would have gone to bed earlier. Maybe I would have uh, eaten more thoughtfully. But um, so, what you what you learn from that then? Would I learn from it? I'm not sure I know what you mean. So you didn't know it was a shirt workout. No. So you stayed up a little later. You didn't you weren't, yeah, you weren't completely it prepared. Was, it was normal life, yeah. But you you somehow survived the damn thing, barely, right? But but got it done. Right. So that sure. that's that's kind of the takeaway of that, I think, is is that many times we're gonna be unprepared for whatever the hell is in front of us. Like, we're just going to show up and go, oh, shit, well, I guess I'm doing this today. Man, there was a really good quote. I don't remember where I heard this, but it was, uh, I think a big problem with, like, just kind of our culture is, like, movies like The Mighty Ducks. Yep. Where, like, they just win based on heart. And that's a really great idea, but that does not fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The Astros got to the World Series, and they're not very good. I don't know. I think they were sign-stealing. <laughs> I think that's the latest. Uh, <laughs> but hey, just to I get to this Justin. quote was, uh, we, uh, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Fucking, can we end the podcast now? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> mic that, drop. That's that good is, shit, right? Yeah. And it's like, I, I think of that anytime that I <laughs> get too excited about about myself like any time that it's like a thought of putting myself in check right Tumbling. but uh i don't i don't know where i was going with that but th- those that's like that's a thing that i'll think about that keeps me going when i hear that voice that that says to quit like i don't i think i've voiced more than a few times my my dislike for crossfit douchebags i fucking love watching the crossfit games that shit is super entertaining to me <laughs> but uh god i don't even remember the fucking guy's name the guy that has won like the last handful of years um, uh, but uh, oh shit, his name will come to me. But it's he's not that rich guy, is it? No, no. What's his fucking name? He's probably a uh, vegan. Justin's, we can Google Justin's it. Justin's gonna Matt come Fraser? up. With it. Matt Fraser. That's it. But he said solid. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, "I can do what others can't because I'm willing to do what others won't." That's and, and so back um, maybe during the Olympics, they had the Michael Phelps commercial. Did you see it? Ooh. So it's it's basically. What what the premise of it is, and I think it was a Nike, maybe a Speedo commercial, maybe Nike, but it was the premise of it, it's fucking powerful, but the premise is they don't see what you do in the dark. 
So when they turn the lights on at the pool, he's going to go perform. I had this exact conversation with somebody today with an athlete. I said, you know, people don't see that a year ago when you came to me, we started working together. You couldn't run. You had a bad injury from your last coaching experience. Like you weren't well, you couldn't run. And now we're looking to possibly qualify for the world championships at a race here in two weeks, a year removed. I said, but the problem is, is people, they only see, so there's a, there's a fitness app called Strava tracks all your exercise stuff, right? You guys are Fitbit. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. And well, so you can tie the two together. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. And, uh, and so, you know, when you upload to Strava, you have these segments and you go fast and you try to go out and like take these queen of the mountains and king of the mountains and so on and so forth. I said, but you know what they don't realize is they only see your swim bike run. They don't see the fact that you go to bed at a decent hour, that you eat well, that you take care of your body, you maintain the machine, you do the chiropractic stuff, you do all this stuff, to take care of yourself. That's like, that's the shit you do in the dark that nobody sees. They only see the, if you guys are familiar with Gary V, they only see mm-hmm. Gary V up here right now. They didn't see him. He was nobody 10 years ago, right? And so anybody you can think of that's in any place of success, you don't see what they do every single night. A good friend of mine that I kind of aspire to be like, one is Adrian. You know Adrian. Yeah. Um, because dude's always hustling. You met Adrian owns, owns Gracia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always hustling, right? Comes from nothing. Self-made. Um, and... You know, the thing about people like that, a guy that owns trail racing over Texas, his name is Robert Goyen. And Robert has this fuck you, I'm going to mentality. Like, dude's like, what sounds like it would really suck? Hmm. How far can I row in 24 hours? Sat on the fucking rower for 24 hours. Why? Why not? Right? Pulled a tire. How far can I pull a tire? Huh. Let's fucking pull it for 24 hours. How many miles I can get? Like, he's just, so he owns this trail racing over Texas. It's the largest ultra endurance running events and mostly trail racing here in the state of texas he's based not far from here and uh he has that same thing but what you don't see what he does is you see where he's at now he's got these successful races and he's all this stuff dudes up sending emails at 12 30 at night nobody sees that he doesn't work eight to four it's the stuff that that a lot of times i think that's where we get lost in our in our search for goals is that we forget how much dues have to be paid in the dark Right, you get up and you're doing these 32 fucking workouts in a month. There's nobody there patting you on the back, going, "All right, man, you got it. Push through this last one." All right, good job, dude. Nobody's there. Right, you get done flipping that tire. There's nobody there clapping for you. You you didn't do that for a goal race or a, a bigger purpose other than just to fucking get it done. But you know there are people that they want someone when they get done with whatever they're doing, whether it's filling out job applications or freaking whatever they're doing in life. They want to turn around and have people going like, 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 <laughs> right? That's what they look for. That's what they do this shit for. And that's why they fall flat on their face with their goals because their motivation is extrinsic. They're waiting on someone to go, you are fucking awesome. I'm here to tell you you're not. You're normal. It's pretty simple. But they're looking for that extrinsic motivation. And when it gets dark and when it gets shitty, we're talking about kind of going in that hole. When it gets dark and gets shitty, they're not going to go spelunking in the pain cave as i say far enough because no one's there they're afraid that no one's going to see them doing it and that's why i think people ultimately are afraid to get uncomfortable because if they turn around and look and it's all dark you can't see shit you have surrounded yourself and just suck it could be finishing a college project it could be fucking anything you turn around there's nobody there giving you a high five it sucks if you're not in that mindset to go i'm doing this for me 
I want you to go a little deeper on that. Um, first of all, a, a lot of our friends and fans might know the words. In, Are you intrinsic. recording this? I'm just making this shit up as I go. Are For you recording sure, this? It's recording. <laughs> intrinsic versus extrinsic. You're gonna fill. You're gonna give yourself that pat on the back. I got some podcasts coming. Shit. You're like, I'm gonna go back and listen to this show and take notes for the shit. I'm I need those down. like, 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 <laughs> like, 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 like. It sounds like uh, mine, 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 mine. Um, We're up to seven so far, by the way. Seven people watching live. Oh, seven Fucking likes. Crushing numbers. <laughs> seven likes. Like, 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 like. Nine people watching live. Um, uh, my, three of those are my mom. She has she has a, a two computers and an iPhone, and she doesn't know how to work any of them. So hey, she's probably three of those. Users. Hey, mom, shout out. What's up, mom? Um, uh, a lot, some of our friends won't understand the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So A, define extra, extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, and B... Uh, I, I can only do one question at a time. You better hold that one. I'll forget it. Boom. <laughs> it's about knowing who you are, right? Go. So intrinsic motivation is it comes from within you. You're doing something for you, because of you, by you. Extrinsic motivation comes because you will get feedback from an outside source, an exterior source. Meaning, I come on this podcast if I came here because I wanted to get notoriety or fame or fortune or whatever. Well, yeah. I knew I knew that. I need <laughs> practice. To the wrong house. Um, <laughs> but if I if I did this because I wanted someone that I don't know to approach me and go, oh "My God, you said something changed my life. I'm doing it for the wrong reason." Okay, I came here because I want to learn about myself. I told my wife. I was getting ready to leave, and we'd had a glass of wine. We're sitting there chatting, and she goes, are you excited? I said, nervous. I like it. Like, I like being in that uncomfortable spot. That's just my jam, and that's not for everybody. I understand, but I'm doing it for me because in that moment, driving over here, I had to go through my preparation phase. I listened to your all's over the past probably week. I've listened to several of your shows, and so I've tried to really understand the flow. That way, I can come in and not be the guy that goes... I don't know, you know, ask me another question, you know. Um, and so and so I try to get the vibe a little bit, but for me it's about the the intrinsic is where you really discover who you are. You know, these people and they a famous uh, I guess a famous a, a buzzword now is anxiety or stress. You know, people love to throw that shit around. Oh, this is hard. I'm stressed. I'm so I'm anxiety. I got high anxiety. I'm triggered. Oh, I'm triggered. <laughs> Where's my special pet? Um, you know what a really good uh, solution for that anxiety is? Jumping out of planes? No, I was going to say <laughs> sh- shutting the fuck up. But <laughs> <laughs> jumping, out of jumping out of planes does it for me. Let me tell you, my first my first skydive ever, I was shutting the fuck up. I could not scream. The air was so fucking cold. So that'll do it. That'll, he also rode like 20 miles to get there. Uh, I rode 100 that day. Okay. But Se- to get 75 there, to get there, 25 home. Okay. Oh, I didn't yeah. know which side of the route you were on. <laughs> so um, so somebody uh, took him on a tandem while he was sweaty as balls. In in my cycling kit. Perfect. So, um, uh, was it Raul? Was that his name? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raul. Yeah. So under canopy, I found out he was a triathlete. We had a great conversation. Anyway, so, um, you know, I do this for me. I do this because to get uncomfortable. I don't like being on screen. I just shot a commercial. I got a, a buddy of mine's marketing. And so I'm trying to grow this mental mastery thing. I'm not going to get rich. Okay, listen, I was born broken naked, and if I do it right, I'm going to die that way, mm. right? And so for me, I'm, it's not about that. It's about how many people can I positively impact in the world. And the biggest thing for me is I'm going to be judged at the end of the day whether whoever you believe judges you by the amount of people that show up at my funeral, drink my beer, and eat my food. That's what I'm going to be judged by. And, and so for me... You know, I do these things so that I can become uncomfortable because I love being uncomfortable. That is where I learn. That's where I grow. That's where I really understand. And then that creates more content for me to share. Listen, I was born with a gift of communication. I've accepted that in the past few years. Like, I have the ability to say things in a way that relates to people. 
Okay. And so I think that that's very, very important. So it's my job to not squander that gift away. Whatever the topic is, if it's something I feel comfortable with and something that I can speak on, then I will try to help people. And so coming on this was that that's intrinsic. I'm doing this for me. Now, extrinsic is me posting a picture of me running because I want people to go like, 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 right? I want that yeah. feedback. When people say, oh my God, my favorite word, you're a beast. <laughs> no, you're just fucking exercising. Like, let's be real here. Okay. Uh, and so um, it, it's those two things I think are probably the most important things when it comes to figuring out what the hell it is you want to do. Before you can set a goal, you got to figure out what motivates you. Is it someone patting you on the back or is it you doing it because you feel good about you doing it? So now it leads to the second question, and I firmly agree with I'm you. I'm glad you remembered this because I was... <sighs> Dude, so I, I, with caffeine and coaching, you do pretty good at bringing the coach back to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it cataloging. I, I've learned so much better in life how to catalog conversations because of this show. Um, you mentioned earlier that, that like, 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 extrinsic motivation, it, it just really isn't the best motivation because... People, you're not special. When people, I do a lot of coaching, and it, I tell people regularly, I ain't trying to brush your bubble. I ain't trying to be mean to you. You're telling me all these reasons why you're not as good as you should be, and you're not fucking special. Everybody you has are not the special. same problem as you. Yeah. You're not telling me anything special, anything extraordinary. I want is that you a fortune to- cookie, by the way? It says cheese. Would you like some? It looks like shit. No, no, Dude, it's, it's really fucking yummy. delicious. It's good, Dude. yummy. It's See, super Justin yummy. knows how to party. You yeah, want yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hit me, hit me. <laughs> yeah, are you giving out cheese? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Some days, if you touch this cheese, he will eat your hand. All right, all right. Um, I've eaten today. I don't okay. mind. So, um, <laughs> you you can't really rely on that extrinsic motivation because you cannot rely on people. You just can't. That shit goes away. I love you, Nick. You're a respectful man. I can't rely on you. You're, you're, I mean, really, he will let me down at some point, although you are a very trustworthy, reliable person. If you tell me you're going to do something, like show up to my house for the fight Saturday night, you will, oh, you didn't. Hey, I told you I wasn't coming. <laughs> Boom. Stand he, will, you up. he will let you <laughs> down. I'd stand you up, bitch. I canceled on you. <laughs> you canceled on me the day of like an hour or two before. At least you got a heads up. Yeah, that's fine. You no, got more, you got more you room on the couch. You should be more grateful. <laughs> uh, no. But so, no, but for real, like, so for me, an easy comparison is Nick was an inspiration to me, but not my motivation. Correct. And the question I want to bring to you is how do you get somebody to go from that needed extrinsic? Because so many people I've coached need that outside validation. And, of course, I'll give it to them. But giving it to them, I'm trying to transfer them from an extrinsic to an intrinsic motivation. How do you make that transition or how do you help people make that transition? You know, and and sometimes the harder part with that is – it's something in their psyche, right? And so is it because mom and dad didn't say you're awesome as a kid? Is it because you were a sports star in high school and then you went to college and you were a nobody? Like, what is it that makes you tick? And so that's part of my, part of the fun part for me is is digging into that psychology a little bit and just trying to figure out what makes them tick. Because I think if you can figure out which buttons to push on which people, you can get people ultimately to do anything you want. And, and not from a manipulating standpoint, but you can get them to do anything that they want. And so as a coach, I get the gift of someone coming to me going, I want to do this. I merely walk beside them on the path and I may lay out a few stones along the way, but you got to really ultimately figure it out. And so I think that to get someone to go from extrinsic to intrinsic, it can be easy, but it can also be extremely like years long difficult because there's a lot of deeper seated problems in there. And I think that a lot of people, and I, I was not fully functional in age without social media. Okay, I joined the army at 17. That was 18 years ago. 
Social media really wasn't a thing. I think we had MySpace, maybe. How old are you? 35. I thought you were older than that. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I never know how to respond <laughs> to that. Is that an insult? Or like, what, what are you trying know. to get at? No, it's because like Adrian is close to my... I'm 45. Adrian is closer to my age. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought you were the same age as us. No, I appreciate that, though, because, yeah, yeah. because I... I I, in history, I have had a lot. All of my friends have been older. I've mm-hmm. always hung with a more mature crowd. It's just, so I, that's a compliment to me. I'm going to get you in trouble. How old's your wife? Can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Not throwing that shit out there. So let me, let me go this and way. And cut. Director, we're oh. done here. Let me go this way. <laughs> Kendall's robbing the cradle. <laughs> so so extrinsic motivation. <laughs> hey, lucky for me, she does not buy into any of the shit that I do. She doesn't list my podcast. My so wife doesn't either. Yeah, per- she's like, she's like, you do a podcast on what? I'm like, don't worry about it. So it's, it's skydiving, honey. You wouldn't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't waste your time. So, um, so to get someone to go from extrinsic to intrinsic, you got to figure out what makes them tick. You got to figure out how to press those buttons. And I there I have successfully helped a few people, but uh, the majority of it starts with self confidence, self efficacy, self belief, and and. Oftentimes, that can be found with what I do. That can be found within sport. So they go and they, they accomplish something. Maybe they can ride without one hand on a handlebar. Very simple. Maybe they can do a one-mile run nonstop, right? How do you open that window? Because as soon as they open that window and you teach them, the door may be closed. You climb through that fucking window. They've got a room to themselves, and they look around, and they go, holy shit, well, if I can run one mile, can I run three miles? Can I do this? Can I do this? And then you just help to move that boundary. But everyone is so, as I guarantee you all deal with it, even though I guarantee you deal with it because everyone is, that's the beauty and the really terrible part about humans. We're all super unique. And what makes you tick doesn't make me tick and so on and so forth around this room. And once you figure that out, though, you kind of almost have the cheat code, you know, like A, B, A, B, up, down, up, down, right, left, right, left, right? It's called the Konami code. Yeah, there we go. So... (laughs) That was for, for Contra, wasn't it? Uh, for all Konami games. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, A, start? Boom. Select, start. Select, start. Select, always start. select, start. So, um, <laughs> But you kind of have the cheat code because you know how to press them. Now, to flip that around, though, I've got a couple of athletes that I've worked with in the past that, that they fully buy into coaching. They forget what the hell they want to do with their life. They forget what the hell. Once they talk to you about their goals, they forget whatever it is they desire to do. And they go, what do we need to do today? I'm doing that today. I got a guy I could call right now. I could shoot him a text as we're sitting here. And I could say, hey, Friday morning, we're going to ride 150 miles. Dude goes, that sounds fucking terrible. What time? <laughs> okay. He's not extrinsically motivated. He's not doing it for the, the likes. He's doing it because he knows and he trusts me explicitly. But the biggest key to all of this is vulnerability. That's the only way to get someone to open up. Is if you are not willing to be vulnerable with yourself... And the people that you trust to put in your circle. Now, this is a very sticky subject because if I put you in my circle and you burn my vulnerability, or he burns it by not coming to your damn UFC fight. It was a fucking fight. Get over it. <laughs> it was a damn good card. We're not card. being vulnerable right now, okay? No. <laughs> it's a damn good card. So, As, yeah, I watched the highlights the next morning without you. So, uh, but if, but if, if in our right mind we put the right people in our circle that we trust and we fully open up and become vulnerable, <laughs> we, we fully become vulnerable with them, then we grow. And so Will trusts me explicitly. I said something the other day. I said, hey, man, I, I convinced him to do Iron Man Louisville with me next year. I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to skull drag you all fucking summer. So what's your goal? He says, oh, I went 1230 this year in Iron Man, Texas. I want to go 1130. Okay, bitch, we're going 1030 because you're training with me. He goes, well, that scares the shit out of me. 
but he'll do it, right? Because he understands who he is. And I find that the demographic between about 25 and 38, maybe 40, is the one that's the hardest to get to unlock. Because they're typically in a place in their life where that's the most comfortable they've ever been because they're through college, they've established careers, they've started to develop their lives. But they're not quite to that fuck everybody stage of like mid-40s and later, right? You get there and you're like, I don't give a shit what you say, I'm about to fart in public. Like, that's that, that demographic after 40. My mom right now, my mom will say more F words than I've ever even thought about saying in my life. And she's like, I don't fucking care. Don't like it, don't listen. You know, and that's something she taught me early on in life. But you, 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 and, and that's where Will's at right now, and which is why he's vulnerable. He's like, I don't give a shit, let's go do it. Because guess what? Worst case scenario, if I say, Will, let's ride 150 on Friday, worst case scenario, Will is going to go, and we're going to ride for 130 miles and go, this is fucking terrible. Let's get some donuts and go home. But he trusts me enough to go. He trusts himself enough to go. So the extrinsic, intrinsic, I think that, that and that's one of my, my five cornerstones of mental mastery is vulnerability. That's the hardest one because people will let you down, right? Just what he just said a minute ago. Like, ultimately, if you have expectations of people, you're fucking up. Like, people are going to let you down. It sucks to say that. It sucks to think that. But the, when you finally get to a point in your life where you don't rely on other people for shit, life's great. Like, I'm not, I'm not relying on you to bring me cheese the next time we podcast. <laughs> I so might if, have it anyway. So if you bring cheese, we're all good. But if I show up looking for cheese and you don't have the cheese, then I'm going to go, well, that guy's an asshole. He so doesn't care about me. I, I've he heard is. you talk about vulnerability on a few of your podcasts. Yep. Uh, so I, I'm curious what that word means to you. When I say, what is vulnerability, yeah, what, it's, what, what comes to mind? First word that comes to mind is open, accepting. I think that it's, it's, um, I think that it's something to where you're not scared, right? I think that, that, for example, if he has another fight over here, your all's relationship probably wouldn't, but he may think twice about inviting you. He won't. Well, probably so, because he's That's an fine. asshole. But Fights go till fucking midnight. I wake up at 5.30, all right? Shout out. <laughs> 520 tomorrow because he's motivated. No. <laughs> um, uh, and so I, I, to me, it is it is open and receptive to whatever the universe may throw at you. It's like, I'm good with whatever you got. Throw it at me today because I can deal with that adversity. I can deal with a bad day. I had a bad day two days ago. I woke up and I just, I, and I slept too long. Like we go to bed at 9 to 9.15 every single night. My wife, 4.15, fucking every day, alarm goes off. She's up doing her workout. Here in the past six months, I've been like, you know what? Cool, babe. Good to see you. Have a good morning. I'm going back to sleep, and I wake up at 6 o'clock, and I feel like shit because I got nine, ten hours of sleep. Way too much. But the thought in my head, the weakness in my head tells me, hey, it's cool to wake up. Uh, cool to go back to sleep. So vulnerability is going, no, jackass. You don't need to go back to sleep. You can get your ass up and go do it. Bring mm-hmm. the adversity. Because those first few days of waking up that few minutes earlier like we were talking about, the first few days are terrible. You wake up and go, fuck, it's only 12.45 in the afternoon. I'm so sleepy. But vulnerability to me, to get back to your question, is open, like receptive. It is is fearless as to what the universe can actually throw at you that day or that week or that month or that fucking life. Like, let's dance. You want to throw something at me? Let's do it. I'll figure it out when it gets to me. But I'm not going to wake up worried about what may happen. The phone call may get at 2.47 tomorrow. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and worry about that. I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, what can I do today to be better? So to me, that's vulnerability. 
Do you uh, you have the five cornerstones of? Don't uh, ask me because I don't remember all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wonder if I wonder if I could remember all of them. Let's see. Impress me. Let's see. Uh, confidence. Boom. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, they're gonna come to me. I think as we as we talk. Uh, patience was one. Yep. Resilience. Yep. Vulnerability. Yep. Fuck, I'm missing mm, one. It's the hardest one. Vulnerability, patience. Uh, I don't know what's gonna come to me. Do you do you know it right I'll, now? Yeah, it I'll, let you, I'll let you marinate on it. Keep, all right, I'll I'll let it sit. Um, is there? Uh, you said you think vulnerability is the most important one. I I think of of the cornerstones that that I create. This is not something I I pulled from anyone else's anything. This is something literally I was sitting there one day, and let me kind of side story off of this one. You have to may have to bring me back around because I don't segue as well. But um, I realized to grow, I have to get uncomfortable. Like to get better, to get smarter, to learn more, I've got to get outside of that zone of life's good, man. Like I got a nice house, we live in a gated neighborhood. Like all this is good. And fuck that. I don't like being comfortable, right? So Mount Mount Whitney in California is the highest peak in the lower forty eight. So, buddy of mine, we did my wife and I did Ironman Canada. About eight days later, I was traveling back with my wife and a buddy, and my buddy goes, "Dude, we're dr- literally driving." He goes, "Let's hike Mount Whitney." I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. Let's do it. So we go there. We get this overnight permit. We hike it in one day. It's 22 miles round trip. Like, I don't remember how many fucking feet in elevation. It was stupid. It was incredibly, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. And the 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 kind of the paradigm of all this is we get to the top. We were there less than five minutes. I don't want to be at the top. I want to be going up. And that's, that's where I learned. So I want to be uncomfortable. I don't, I don't enjoy success. I don't enjoy getting somewhere and it's like <laughs> chill. Oh, this is good. Let's just hang out here. It's like, how can we make this harder? Because that's how I grow. So in order for me to grow, the reason that I, that I started the, the Mental Mastery podcast is because I want to write a book. And to write a book, my little fucking pea brain, listen, I didn't graduate high school. Didn't graduate high school, didn't go to college, joined the army at 17. That's where life began. And so to write a book, you got to be like structured and you got to be educated and complete and all these other bullshit things. So for me to write a book... I have to find a way to document my thoughts. I got thoughts in here. They just don't always make it out until I am asked the question. When I ask the question, I can deal with the situation and the knowledge comes out. So in order to write this book, I knew that I must document. And I struggle with that. Like organization, fuck that shit. That's overrated, okay? So I started doing this podcast and I create this spreadsheet. And it's literally, I could be listening to another person speak. I could be listening to a song. I could be dealing with a shitty situation in my life and that creates my content. All my content is my own. All my content is shit that I've gone through or been through. And it's like, it could be that day. Literally one of them, uh, getting uh, unstuck. Something about stop getting stuck or some shit like that. I don't remember what I named it. I literally recorded that podcast eight fucking times that morning. Hated all of them. It was Monday morning. Absolutely hated them. Got so pissed off, I did a rant for two minutes on how to get unstuck because I'm talking to myself the entire podcast. I'm not talking to anybody but me. I'm telling myself I'm an asshole for getting stuck. Here's how you get unstuck or stop getting stuck or whatever the hell it was. Most downloads I've ever gotten. I got to ask you a quick question since you mentioned that. What do you see as the name of one of the mental masteries? <laughs> it sound familiar to you? I'm pretty sure the title was What Do You See because I wrote that down. In the beginning, the intro, your, your show intro is about 10 seconds. 
of, of voice. 13, but thanks for paying attention. Okay. He would know that, but we won't discuss it. You anymore. know, I actually almost record. <laughs> I thought that I might be in Justin's seat today, and I was going to record your outro music. Oh, yeah. And throw it in the middle of the show, because I heard that happen on a couple yeah. of your episodes yeah, yeah. also. Man, I fucked up, dude. Let me tell you. Did you hear the one recently where I started it, and I started recording, and I go, well, that's fucking stupid, and I started again. I forgot to clip that part out. Okay. And and that's goes, what do you see? And it that's goes. My question. I start recording. And I go. Well, that sounds like shit, or that's fucking stupid, or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I did not dump that file. I just started the music over again and started the podcast again. My marketing buddy, who has helped me kind of manage all this, he goes, "What was the first few seconds?" That? I'm like, "I don't know." Is Pure gold. That's what that it was. was. Like the intro. So I go back and listen to. It, I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> my bad." <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Carry on, sorry. So no, you answered my question. My question is: Is did you um did you do that on purpose? No. Leave the so. First of all, I have my uh, podcast. I have a podcast app that I can customize, and I have it set to ten seconds. Your show starts at ten seconds on my app. I now, was fucking with you. I don't know how long the intro is. Yeah. I paid some lady on Fiverr to record it. I have it's, no idea. Dude, how great to, is Fiverr? Goddamn. It's, it's ten out. to eighteen, depending on how long you let the music play. It's ten at vocal. So hold on a second. I'll, I'll do this. I've heard this song before. This Happy Mental Mastery Monday. Welcome back in this week. So glad you are here with us. So weird to hear yourself. So that's fucking stupid. Yes. <laughs> yes. Start that shit over. Yes, dude. Any anyone who has done done like talking into a microphone by themselves, yeah. talking to a camera by themselves, you will have so many of those moments, and it's it's almost just refreshing to hear someone else have that moment. I enjoyed the shit out of so, that episode. I, I appreciate that because because when I I didn't think anything of it, and then initially my knee jerk reaction, my marketing buddy goes, "What was that?" I went back and listened to it. I was like, "God damn!" It. And I thought. So I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to re-upload. I'm going to have to change the link. And then the link that I emailed out to everyone that goes into the mailing list is going to be different. I said, you know what? Fuck it. It's life. Like, I'm a screw-up. Let's just be real here. We all are screw-ups at some point. And so it's like... Let's talk business for one second because I'm going to help you with that conversation. First of all, I listened to that episode wondering if it was on purpose, waiting for the moral to the story and it never happens. Like, so that was an accident. Nope. <laughs> number one. Number two, who are you using for your podcast host? Uh, Wooshka. Wooshka, okay. Uh, the reason I ask is Podbean. Is the reason he asks is to bore people who are listening to this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Podbean. If you, got a, if you had a buzz, it's gone now. I had to edit one episode. Like, we don't edit, period. A buddy, I, I said one thing about a buddy on the air that he didn't want me to say. He, I was completely cool about it. I deleted five seconds of a show. And if you find that show, you can't tell I deleted it. It worked out perfect. There was a natural pause. Right. Re-uploaded it. Nothing changed. The link didn't change. Nothing changed. So uh, we'll talk after when we look at post yeah, for sure at what you can do because you don't have to change shit with the right host. You know, so I so I've got another podcast that I did. Uh, it's it's since been canned, but it was uh, performance on demand. So the the funny part when you say business is it's actually my cousin that I didn't really know growing up. I met him later on in life, and and he was going to school. He's going back to college to become a sports psychologist. And so he's going through his PhD and his dissertation and all this other stuff. And so we create his podcast, Performance On Demand, and we've got 70-something episodes. And so all endurance sports related, but it's we would talk a lot about the mind. It was focused around the power of the mind. And you can take anything that we say and extrapolate it into business, into relationship with your spouse, into anything. And uh, initially, he was a perfectionist. I am not. Listen, I'm going to fucking throw it out there. And if you like it, cool. Enjoy it. If you don't like it, piss off. It's simple. You know, because I'm not... I'm not gonna work with everybody that's okay i i think that's 
that's my vulnerability. That's where I've accepted that this is how I am. And if I try to be someone I'm not, I can for a while. But after a while, it's not natural. I can't maintain that persona. I can't maintain that type of interaction and stuff. And, and that's ultimately unlocked my business because I am I realized that I'm not good at A, B, and C. Oh, I'll bring on coaches that are good at A, B, and C, and then you have no reason to go elsewhere. So from a business standpoint, it's worked out well. And so I did these podcasts with him. He would spend forever after the show editing. He edited out every single um, and, click, pop, anything that was not perfect. I didn't know any of this was happening. I never listened to any of the content I put out after I put it out. Like, I, upload, done. Don't remember it happening. I lived okay? it. That's enough. And, yeah. And so he, uh, he, you know, he was doing all this. And then after a while, he finally just said, fuck it. It is what it is. We There was one time we recorded the intro because I, like, laughed or giggled or something in the intro. And he didn't like it. And he goes, fuck it. We're going to let it. We record the intro, like, three times because it's life. Like, nothing about what we do is going to be crisp and polished and published. You show me a person that is crisp and polished and published, I'm going to show you a fucking liar. <laughs> I thought you were going to say an asshole, Period. which I really would have liked also. Well, an asshole, fucking but no, liar. But no, no liar. I think, Same I think thing. That's true with you. Because no one, I mean, we've all got our own adversities. We're all fighting. We're all struggling. If you look around this room right now, there's four dudes in this room. We all have something that's stressing us right now. Sure, we're having fun now. We leave out of here. There's going to be something that's on our mind tomorrow morning when we wake up. Guaranteed. Could be money. Could be a relationship. Could be voltage drop calculations. What did you say? <laughs> voltage drop calculations. <laughs> He's having a bad day at work right now. Uh-huh. I just learned that. Fucking math. What are we doing here? So, <laughs> volt is. Should I be concerned with voltage drop? I didn't even know that was a yeah, thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> He's an engineer by engineer, trade. electrical yeah. engineer. Yeah. Oh, your your people. So, <laughs> I've got enough engineer friends. I got a friend's that engineer for NASA, and I can't even have a normal conversation with him. And I'm like, dude, listen, just is the is this a better donut than this one? Like sprinkles or no? <laughs> well, um, can we you know, talk about donuts? <laughs> Holy shit! I fucking love donuts. Donuts, dude. <laughs> Pound it. How, how many donuts do you eat in a normal month? A normal, I not as much as I used to. They they make me feel like shit. For no, totally. Honest here. Yeah, they ruin when you. When I lived in Tyler, Texas, was after I got divorced and prior to meeting my, my current wife, I lived in Tyler, Texas, and that is by by far the donut capital of the world. Like, swear to God, there is a donut shop every like three miles. It's ridiculous. So we do a bike ride, and it was like twenty miles donut shop, twenty miles donut shop, twenty miles. Well, so they do a. It's called the Tour de Green. Uh, they'll do it in Austin area, and it is or no, no uh, tour de donut. Sorry, tour de donut. You literally ride. It's a, it's a century. It's a bike race. You ride. There are five donut shops, and if you eat like one normal donut, it's you know you lose thirty seconds off your time, and if you eat like an apple fritter, it's like two minutes off your time. So my buddy would go so and the, would, the more you eat, the more service it does to your it saves overall your time, time right? Okay. But you oh, feel like fucking, fucking terrible. So he would ride <laughs> as hard as he could to the eighty mile mark, and he would just gorge himself on all the donuts and shit. He'd get like nine minutes worth of bonus, <laughs> and just like struggle bust the last twenty miles. Man, so what a brilliant idea! <laughs> so. Uh, but no, I, I don't. I don't eat as many donuts as I used to. I love talking about donuts. Yeah, I mean, let's just be clear. We're not talking about like sitting at home and eating fucking donuts for no reason. No, right? but but you know, it I, sounds like you earn your donuts. Yeah, I like donuts at a bike. I like donuts on a bike ride. Yeah, iced honey buns, four hundred fifty calories in one bun. I can't believe people eat that just normally. Like I got to be riding a bike. That's my that's my go to Oreos. You know what uh, I was super shocked by watching the Tour de France and watching uh, I don't remember who it was open a can of Coke. And drink the Coke. Listen, and, and in my head, I was like, "Man, I wonder like how much Coke pays him to do that." No. And then I asked a cyclist friend of mine. He was like, "No, homie, that is Coke, bro." Listen, so and in Coke, 
It's so we'll talk from an Ironman perspective. When you get on the marathon, I always advise my athletes: Coke is just like cocaine. As soon as you get on it, you can't get off it. So if you if you drink Coke at mile two of the marathon, you got to drink at every aid station, which is every mile, until you're done, because it's a it's one of the most simple sugars, and it is like life comes back. I don't care how terrible you feel, life is back. Like we are good. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then a half mile later, you're like, "Fuck, where's the next aid station?" You like start scratching in weird places and stuff. But uh, no, it's 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 good stuff. How how boring do you think it is to people listening to this talk about they like care. diet right now? I I used to think it was way more boring than I thought than I than I now think it is because I've heard so many people who have zero interest in what we do, but they appreciate the mindset and it translates. So I think the me I think the, the the topic is one thing, but the message is another. So I, I've heard a lot of good conversations. That's a good podcast, though. So he takes your answer and makes it better. That's nice. <laughs> You're making me feel good about myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, people listen to this? Seven. <laughs> Mom, mom's three plus four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to kind of go backwards through a lot of this, and one of the things: adversity, vulnerability, a bunch of these conversations. Vulnerability is dealing with adversity in a very short conversation we just had. Adversity is feeling uncomfortable in a short conversation we've had. So the more used to I can get being uncomfortable by waking up 20 minutes earlier, by riding harder, by running faster, by doing whatever it is, if I can push myself, I now get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If I'm now used to being uncomfortable, adversity is not a big deal. And if adversity is not a big deal, vulnerability is something that I'm very open to. And I don't think it's a coincidence that... Can I download this? Because I need, I need that to kind of help clean up my act a little bit for my speeches and stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that. Dude, absolutely, that was, man. That was a great, yeah. great tie-in of how... And that's what the, with the Cornerstones. It's None of them are uniquely exclusive. Without confidence, and the one you're missing is preparation. Preparation. Fuck. You cheated, <laughs> didn't you? I did not cheat it. It is in my notes. You cheated. It is. So without without uh, preparation, you will not be confident. Okay? So I prepared to come to this, so I was confident with kind of what was going to happen. Because I had no idea where it was going to go, right? But if you've got a job interview coming up, you know the product, you know the industry, whatever. And so you're confident because you prepared. So I don't think any one of those five is unique in its own right. They all need each other to live and to survive. So I think that that's and the uh, different different uh, phases of life. We deal with different things and different. Sometimes we've got great confidence, right? So we're sitting here, and if we start talking about skydiving, I'm going to be really not confident because I don't know shit about it, not prepared, I'm not ready for it. Whereas we start talking about it, you guys are like old hat, like I've been doing this shit my entire life, you know. And so it's it's about the situation we put ourselves in, and I think it's I think it's important to put yourself into situations where you are not prepared, so that you understand. And so that you learn and so that you grow and to feel that, you know, the feeling and you've got a girlfriend, you got wife, girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. So you fucked up. You said something last night. You shouldn't. Are you saying he fucked up because he's got a girlfriend? Well, <laughs> yes, but we're not discussing it. No. So you made a mistake, guys. Right. And you said something maybe before she went to work or last night before bed or whatever. You were tired, hungry, drunk. Who knows? You said something you shouldn't and you know that it's going to have repercussions, right? And so the feeling when you know she's on her way home and you're going to have that weird conversation 
that's uncomfortable, right? That's extremely uncomfortable. It's like going to the fucking principal's office. Like, I knew I fucked up. I should not have been shooting the spitballs at the bus driver, but guess what I did? Or drinking on the bus. That's my problem. So um, <laughs> I got expelled in ninth grade. Anyway, so um, and so you have to get uncomfortable in order to figure out how not to do things. The way I've, I've hacked my way through life, literally, it's like I've got a dull hatchet just walking through life, just chopping shit up. And it's, it's because I'm okay with being uncomfortable. I'm okay with making mistakes. I grant myself the permission and I allow myself to fuck up. Well, then that's vulnerable, right? And then all of a sudden, once you make a mistake and you realize, oh, well, I didn't hurt as bad as it, I thought it might have because my perception of what it was going to cost me is much higher than what it actually did. You're willing to take more risk. You're willing to step out on a limb a little bit more. You're willing to kind of go a bit further. And then you realize, well, shit. What if I prepare just a little bit? What if I actually put some work in? What if I actually train? What if I actually study? What if I actually invested in my relationship? Then you become confident in what you do. So all that stuff, it's just, I, I call them the cornerstones, but I think that ultimately it's just, they're all, it's just a circle, right? Each one carries different weights in different phases of your life, if that makes sense at all. Probably not. It's not nutrition talks. So maybe they're interested. Maybe they're not. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, no, I, I really, uh, I really jive with everything that you're saying, and I think that the more, the more of the stuff you get, that, you get paid to say that. By the way, I don't get paid for anything. Well, you're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this show costs me money. That's all. There's no income at this show. But I think more, more of this sort of thinking that you have going on in your head, whether it's someone listening to you and recalling this information later, or you know, maybe you you read a book or you watch a motivational video or whatever it is, that, that stuff that can come back into your brain and get you back on track, the more of that that you have, the more the more you're gonna be able to push through those difficult times. Yeah, and my my thing is I want to provide questions. Because that, that was on my list of questions to get to get to you. But if, <laughs> because I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt yeah, you for a second. Good. I uh, I'm someone who gets asked a lot in a normal day. Hey, can you fix this? And the reason that I know how to fix it is because I didn't ask someone else to do it. And I feel like that that's that's what I connected with when you talked about like, inspiring questions. <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> inspiring. Uh, I just like that comment. Questions <laughs> instead of answers. So why don't you elaborate on your your perspective of that a little bit? You know. And and the the thing is is that I I recognize that to an extent I'm a little bit unique in the way I approach things and so maybe not everyone resonates with this but I just want drop your guard if you're listening to this and just think for a second so if my stepson comes up to me and this is a problem we've had years ago struggling with tying his shoes can you tie my shoe well if I tie a shoe for him he's never going to fucking learn how to tie a stupid shoe. It's a basic concept, but he's never going to understand it, okay? And I think that for him, from his perspective, because I try to understand things from two different ways. Just because I, I feel one way doesn't mean that you feel the same way or that my, my stepson feels the same way. So I try to be cognizant of that. I'm not good at this. This is a vulnerability point for me. Like I'm not good at putting myself in the other person's shoes as much as I should be. I want to look at him and say, you're fucking stupid. What's wrong with you? You're six years old. You can't tie your stupid shoe. <laughs> That's not going to help him. Makes me feel better, but um, so God, I hope he listens to this. Someday. He still calls himself <laughs> stupid, but um, and so, but if I empower him to have the control to learn to tie a shoe by helping him tie a shoe, as as basic as that may seem, then all of a sudden he grows. 
I have learned everything in my life because of pain and failure. You could tell me right now that if I put my hand in that candle, I'm going to get burnt. It's going to hurt. You know what the fuck I'm going to do? Hand, candle. And I'm going to go, well, that didn't hurt as bad as it did the first time because I, I got to make mistakes. That's how I learn. But again, it is about understanding who you are as a person and how you grow and how you learn and adapt. So for me, I must make mistakes. I must fall flat on my face and go, it's fucking terrible. I don't want to be here. This is not fun. Get me out of here for me to grow and, and to develop. And so I think that if I were to hop on a podcast and provide the answers to all of life's problems, nobody's going to get better. But if I create the question within you that creates the urge and the hunger for discovery, you are going to get better. And so when I am when I am working through that, I always try to find a way, whether it's podcasting, whether it's communicating with an athlete, whether it's talking to someone about a mental struggle, whether it's or it's or it's presenting I go to a couple of a, a couple times a year I'll go to some type of corporate event or they'll have a sales team come in and they call me in to kind of talk to them basically. And if I'm doing a speaking engagement like that, for me, I want to create questions. I don't want to give you the answers because giving you the answer does nothing for you. Me tying that kid's shoe did nothing for him, right? But also, the same token, me belittling him for being a dumbass and not knowing how to tie his fucking shoe doesn't do anything either. And so I try to understand that. And I approach a lot of these situations kind of with those kid gloves. Like, I just want to make you go, hmm, that's interesting. Well, why do I think like that? Why do I feel like that? Why do I react like that when my wife yells at me? Why do I have this initial impulse or this initial feeling down in my gut whenever this situation arises. When it gets hard, why do I step back? Why don't I stand my ground? So my goal in life is just to create questions. I'm going to provide zero answers because if you don't find the answer yourself, it is of no value, period. I think it's important, and I notice your answer is, I think, also Nick's answer, and it's also mine. I, commonly when people approach me with a problem, I ask them a question, and I see you do that a lot. People approach you with a problem like, well, what do you think it's you should because we do? don't know what we're talking about, right? Uh, straight up, dude. I'm going to make <laughs> you find the answer because I'm wrong. Um, I want you to teach me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you tell me what you should be doing, and a big part of it is empowering people. But I, I think the whole uncomfortable thing, I think people are afraid to be wrong, and people are afraid of that because of what you said about your kid. You're fucking six years old. You can't tie your shoe. Are you fucking stupid, You're man? 38 years old. You don't have to do your fucking taxes? Yeah, man. What the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. And so people are so scared to be uncomfortable because we intimidate them being uncomfortable. Um, working with a buddy of mine recently, he, he's a good friend. He knows who he is. He's actually listening. I told him- Shout out, good buddy. Shout out, good buddy. I, I told him when he was working with somebody like, man, this person's intimidated by you. Because when they get a wrong or a bad answer, you speak louder unintentionally. He's not trying to be right. Jeremy, what are you thinking? Right. But that's exactly how you say it. So now this person's afraid to be wrong. Where I think it's super, one of my favorite tricks as a coach is like, hey man, give me a wrong answer. I don't, I don't care. If you're right, if you give me the answer and you're right, you just empowered yourself. If you give me the answer and you're wrong, we're going to figure out why you're wrong. We're going to get it right. And then you're going to empower yourself anyways. Yep. And I think we're afraid to be wrong, which is why we're afraid to be uncomfortable. Which prevents growth. So if you're out there and you're the guy who is in, in our boats, and I say our boats, I, I, we're all leaders at some point shape, including Mr. G. And we can have people 
come up to us and be afraid to get questions, afraid to get answers, afraid to to do anything because we can belittle and berate them, or we can make them feel it's okay that they're wrong. Hey, it's okay you're wrong. Let's figure out how to make it right. Now that you accept you're wrong, and people are afraid to accept to be wrong. People are afraid to be wrong. People are afraid to do wrong because we belittle, we berate them. So if you're that leader, encourage your followers. Encourage, I say your followers, not that you're a cult, but the people who are working Jim for Jim Jones. You. Shout out Jim Jones. Hey. Jim hey. Um, <laughs> encourage the people who are drinking the Kool-Aid to be wrong. It's okay. Give it a shot. Give it a try. And and people ask me all the time at work, and you, you've you dealt with me in the same avenue, although when you ask me a question, I think you've legitimately gone through the avenues. Why do I know all the answers? Because I fucking looked them up myself, dude. Right. You know, why can't I walk in a meeting with, with uh, Lee Mack and Jason Hyder and the Boyds, and they go, DJ, where can we find this? It's in page six of the sim. They all laugh like, we knew he'd know what page number it was on. <laughs> because I've read the book. Fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so get comfortable being uncomfortable. S- says the engineer. <laughs> I'm not the only one that missed that, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly why we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I have an engineer background and I am a nerd like him. But get comfortable being uncomfortable is where it all, all comes back to. Whether it's as the recipient or whether it's as a, 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 um, a facilitator, help people become comfortable. And I think that's what you do as a coach. You help people become uncomfortable comfortably. Yep. Um, where were you going next with that, Mr. P, before uh, I break topic? I have no idea. I don't remember what we were talking Listen, about. Listen, I'm, I'm, my, my goal is to shove you into that dark place. You'll have a rope tied Tyler, to you. your sex tape. You'll be, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be, uh, you'll be tethered, but... I want. I, that's that's where you gotta. That's where you gotta go. So we we've talked a lot about uh, time about out. coaching here. Nathan Robert, you owe beer. That's all. Nathan Robert, too many interpretations tonight during my first live listen watch of GLR. He, you say first he and said the F word. You owe a case of beer. Anytime you do anything for the first time, you owe a case of beer. So Nathan Robert, hit me up. I'll give you my mailing address. <laughs> you can send us the beer. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I'm kidding. So Nick, you were saying I'm so sorry. Oh, fuck, what was I saying? Totally derailed. Oh, uh, we've talked a lot <laughs> He's about... He's cheese drunk right now. <laughs> Dude, I, you have no drunk idea my cheese. cheese threshold, my friend. <laughs> I will fuck a block of cheese up and feel nothing. And, shit, and not shit for a week. No, dude, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even fuck up my guts. Not at all. Nice. No, dude, I'm so regular. Anyway, we've talked a lot... You're such a badass. About, dude, my ass is all on that hippie point, drink. son. I do take probiotics. Your I don't think this is on point. Did I, you I just say that? Dude, it really is. Dude. <laughs> the old kombucha. I, I am awake for five minutes before I'm shitting. It's fucking great. That's the way I am. I go immediately. Yeah. I, my body knows what's up. Got a good routine. Uh, I don't think... You brought up hippie drink. You talking about kombucha? Yeah. I don't. I, I say kombucha. Did he you? said hippie drink. <laughs> I knew <laughs> where he was going. It's all the same <laughs> shit. But I don't think the probiotics in kombucha... I don't know if it does any good for you. I think it's all nonsense. I know if you leave that shit <laughs> in your refrigerator for a month, though, oh, bad news. Yeah? That'll clean you out. Don't do it. Oh, well. <laughs> Again, yet another failure. <laughs> His so, ass was on point at that point. I was not, I was not comfortable. <laughs> no, like laxative? Ooh, got son, you, yes. Got nice. For like I'm, two days. I'm going to try it. Uh, we've <laughs> talked a lot about coaching, yep. but uh, one thing that I mean, most people who listen to this are more likely to be a student than a coach, right? Mm-hmm. So from, from your perspective, someone who has a lot of experience coaching, what does a good student look like? Are we all students? Sure. I think that, I think that the day that I stop learning is the day that I die. That's the day that the heart rate finally goes flat. 
And and I think we all should strive to be that way, whether we're leaders or or students or followers or whatever the hell you call Jim them. Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones's people. Um, and I think that from the from the student perspective, I think that if if all students are leaders as well, because there's someone listening to this right now who thinks they are just learning the craft. And it could be me with skydiving. I'm just learning the craft. But I bet I've got five people back here that are watching me learn the craft that are going, holy shit. Like, they can be inspired by that. Or they can say, well, that dumbass can do it. I can do it. <coughs> right? So so people look at me. Um, I'm not special. Like, I have somehow hacked my way into creating this company and this 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 family. So with the MindRight organization, which is my, my coaching company, MindRight Endurance, it is it is a team. It's a family. Somehow I've created this. And so as a leader of this organization, I'm still a student because I still don't know what I did right. <laughs> I'm stepping back going, I don't fucking know. Like these people love me. They love each other and this is great, you know? And so I think that that us uh, uh a leader is always a student, and a student can always be a leader. Now, there are there are people in the world that are not good in leadership roles from a physical perspective, but there's always someone looking up to you. Always. Whether you're a parent, whether you are someone that's just at the drop zone and you're just meeting people coming in the door. If I walk through that hangar door and I see a smiling face like you and I am nervous as fuck, you are now my new leader. Like, this dude's out here. This dude skydives for a living. It's fucking rad. Like, I'm going to go back to work tomorrow because I paid this couple hundred dollars to go do this tandem jump because it's a bucket list thing. That dude is my new inspiration. Like, I want to do that. And when I walked through the hangar door out there with, with you guys, you, I don't know if you know the, the story. The first time uh, Adrian and I rode out, we're riding along, and, and my buddy Adrian. So the problem with Adrian is that he's spontaneous. The good thing about Adrian is he's spontaneous because Adrian will be riding the bikes, and he's like, let's go to the fucking drop zone. I know the guy that owns it. We'll, we'll go out there and chat with him. Okay, like give a shit. So we ride out, and we roll up in our cycling gear, and I don't remember the, the gentleman's name, but they uh, they threw shoots on us. Adrian had a shoot in the in the locker in there, and so they threw shoots on us. I watched that boring ass intro video, the safety video. I don't know if I can say that on the here one not, you made, Nick. Probably not. How long ago did you? Jump? Damn it! No, this was I actually still have a credit. I actually bought a second day pass for ninety nine dollars or whatever it was. When was your first one though? Maybe. With us, it wasn't your video. A year and a half ago, two years ago. No, it was the old dude with a massive beard. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I think it was black and white. Bill Booth. No, it's not not black and white, but <laughs> so, might, might as well be. Uh, so I watched that video, and then the guy goes, "Listen, you know, you guys want to ride up with this? We'll throw the jumpers out, and we'll ride back down." It's like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." That was my first interaction with it, and and everyone that was in there was a leader to me. Everyone that was in there inspired me because I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like. This is a this is a bucket list for me. I've always said I wanted to do it, and so finally one day Adrian goes, "Let's ride the drop zone. You're gonna jump, and we'll ride back." Okay. Well, I know it's 25 miles from my house to the drop zone, so I said, "Well, fuck that. If I'm going to the drop zone to jump, I'm gonna ride 100 miles that day. So I want to ride my bike 100 miles and skydive in the same day. Because why? Why the fuck not? Like because I can. Because who else can do that, right? And so. So I rode 75 miles, or 50 miles, met them, rode 25 miles out, went through all the intro stuff, hooked up with Raul, and then uh, went and jumped. And But in that day, Raul was my leader, who's my inspiration. I was a student. No matter how successful you are in life, you always need to carry the humility to be a student. 
So to go, I guess that kind of segues back a little bit to what you were saying. It's like, as a leader, you should always be a student, but as a student, you always be prepared to be a leader. And I think that's what they taught us in the military is if my squad leader gets shot, next up, boom, who are you? You're a leader. You get shot. Next up, leader. Next up, leader. So we're all students, but we all have the capability of being a leader. And I think that's what, uh, I think that's what people mess up with often is that they don't believe that they can be that leader. They don't believe that they can step up and they can be the next DJ. There's another DJ out there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. There's another DJ out there. In the next 30 years, someone will come along and they'll take everything that he's built. They may buy his company. They may buy the rating center. Or they may come in and once DJ has moved on and retired and done his thing, they may come in and make it better. Someone is going to replace each and every one of us at some point in time. So we're not unique. But what can we do now to make that mark? Well, to do that, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to explore. You got to figure out what that next thing is for you. And you got to be willing. One of my podcasts is be ready for the call, right? Like, think about the player. He's the seventh man. I'm a ba- huge college basketball fan. He's the, he's the seventh, eighth man on the bench. Probably not going to get the call. Star center goes down. You're in. Let's go. You have to be ready for that call to be that leader. Tom so, Brady. Dude, I mean, you could. There's a, probably a laundry list of them that we could go through. That they had that one moment. If he was not ready, he would. We wouldn't even know his name. He'd be another Kaepernick, right? Like we would have no idea who this clown is. But he was ready, sitting on that bench. And I think that everyone listening to this, and everyone, and just in life in general, you have to be ready to go from student to leader. That has nothing to do with what you asked me, but. It went there. That's I think fine. it's a great conversation. I don't remember what you asked well, me, so I, I, I just kept I asked going. For, uh, for, for advice about being a good student. Just just for an example, I know a lot of people who right, have let's go back to that, great, I got a good given, given good examples of being a bad student. Like, yeah. just, just uh, when, so, when T- DJ's doing a canopy course, and he gives someone advice, and they want to argue with DJ yeah. about why yeah. they <laughs> know better than he does. How do I prevent myself from being that asshole? Don't be that asshole. Perfect. Pretty simple. Shut the fuck up I mean, and listen. It's basic <laughs> math, I think. Um, I think the key that a lot of people, not a lot of people, I think some people lack is humility. I think it's, it, and it goes back to being wrong. Like, listen, I want to fucking be wrong. I want to fail. Not many people, I guarantee none of your listeners know, but you all probably don't know. I started a spin studio four years ago. I begged my wife to finance me on this. She took $30,000 out of her retirement to start this spin studio because I'm this entrepreneur. Watch me go. <laughs> so we started a spin studio here in, in Pearland, uh, south, of, uh, south of Houston. Started a spin studio and worked with the, the, the leasing agent, negotiated this deal. We had nine months. We paid one month rent and triple net. We had nine months after that paid for. So it was all free up until the 10th month. Like that doesn't happen, right? Our negotiation, it's a beautiful thing. So we get this spin studio we buy these, we buy 20, I think 20 spin bikes. We put in TRX racks. I went in and removed all the drop tile ceiling. Like we put in a fuck ton of work to this place because it was going to work. I was invested. It was going to happen. I believed. Sure shit, it didn't happen. <laughs> right? Started in November, closed that motherfucker August 1. Like we were out before we told them we were closing so we could make sure we got all our shit out. It was that bad. I want to fail. I want to lose. I want to get my shit pushed in so that I go, Okay, that's how not to do that. Let's let's reapproach, right? And so I think to be a good student, that's that's humility, that's vulnerability. I'm not I'm talking to myself in that perspective, but it's 
You have to be willing to step back and go, I don't know shit about shit. What do you got for me? This is as far as I'm concerned. This guy knows more about podcasting and, and operations than I do. Audio levels, all that shit. I got no idea. I'm just twisting knobs. You know more about post-production. You know, I don't know what the fuck you know yet, but... Um, <laughs> it's, it's not, not a, a, Piercing. Not, so a, not he, a long he, list. He, don't he you can worry. tell me a lot about piercing and tattoos. I can clearly tell you that. But, video editing. Uh, there we go. Video editing, right? So, but if you step back and you always imagine yourself as having to be a student no matter where you're at, the best CEOs in the world, they remembered the fact that they are just a fucking worker in their company because that allows them to relate to that person from a leadership perspective. So as a student, you gotta be you gotta be humble. Nobody gives a fuck about your ego. Seriously. And and the biggest thing I wish people would completely understand, and probably one of my favorite messages is nobody fucking cares about you. You're not important. Nobody gives a shit about you. So when you quit caring about what other people think of you, you're gonna open all kinds of doors. And you're gonna really access that humility and being humble. When you step back and go, I'm just a little teeny tiny peon, right? How many times have we been somewhere, and you guys may experience it in a plane. I don't know where you guys may have experienced it, but when you're out somewhere and you really understand the magnitude of the rest of the world around you, it could be on a mountaintop. The ocean. could be the ocean. Like when you look out and you go, I am not shit. When you get to that point and you can really, really look out and go, I really don't matter. Like, I am this teeny tiny thing that's not even a speed bump under the wheel of life. That's humility. Because nothing that the universe throws at you is really going to throw you off path. Because you step back and you go, I'm not shit. I'm, I'm worth a shit, right? That's the confidence. And you got to believe in yourself. But I'm not shit in the big scheme of things. So you really got to step back and dial in and go, I don't know anything. Teach me. That's, that's a good student. That's a, that's a student that is, is willing to absorb. And a good leader has the same humility and step back and look at the student and goes, teach me. I really want to take it back to one word because it was such a great mental mastery. I didn't say penis. Uncomfortable. Because you use the word vulnerability, humility, uh, a couple of adversity, and the word that we keep tracking back to is uncomfortable. And man, how important it is to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable in everyday situations because when it matters, like when you're learning and being a student as Nick is inferring, being wrong and learning and being uncomfortable is someplace comfortable. And how much do I enjoy learning? How much do you guys enjoy learning? And and I'm just going to answer for everybody. We love it because we're okay with being uncomfortable. Yep. We're good with it. And, and it's an okay place for us. I mean, it's not my favorite place. But I, it is my favorite place as far as I'm hate-fucking myself for Nick's own own, own pleasure in words. Um, I like to watch. I like to watch. <laughs> me, me too? Um, is there a sign-up so for that? A, is there like an email cuck? list? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, man, it, 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 oh, so I want to put one other thought to what you just said, and I love what you just say. Nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares about what you did wrong. And every single one of us goes to bed someday, some night, almost every day for some people, thinking about that one thing. Oh, yep. my God, what the fuck did I say? Oh, my God, why did I do that? Oh, my. We regularly have that moment in life where we cannot let go of that thought process or that thing. And maybe, just maybe, the other person involved thought about it that night as well. But more than likely, they didn't. No. And in a week from now, they have no fucking clue. Yep. 
I have had friends apologize to me, and I have apologized to friends. I've walked up to friends and said, hey, yo, Nick, remember five years ago when I said this to you? No, I don't. Well, trust me, I said it to you. I've lived it every day since, and I want to apologize to you for it. We've had those conversations in my life, so whatever you think is that important to you, we probably don't care. And I say we just, you know, whatever. Collectively. Yeah, yeah. we collectively, man. So it's get over yourself. You're not that important. You don't matter. You're not that important. The only person that's important to you is you. The only important, the only, the only person that matters to you should be you. The only other people who care about me as much as me are my dogs. Yep. After that, no, man. And it turns out you got a bag of food. They don't give two fucks. Like, <laughs> you got food. We're good. Like, I don't care that you kicked me earlier. It doesn't uh, matter. They didn't actually like me. They like the fact that I have food. Before we go any further, we're getting really close to the end. So I do want to talk a little bit about skydiving and getting yeah. into licensing. Um, man, anybody want to go anywhere more with this mental mastery mumbo jumbo? It's <laughs> magic bullshit. Dude, <laughs> I do I do want to cover one thing just before we get into get skydiving because I know that that's going to draw up all of our time because we're all going to nerd out about skydiving. Talk about skydiving. So you, you well. except, a, except for me. Oh, we you about you had a really good uh, piece of advice about just, just getting up earlier. So that that's one someone who's deciding tomorrow they're going to start making changes tomorrow. They're they're going to get up ten minutes earlier. D- DJ, what what's something that you think? Uh, you're someone who's pretty pretty accomplished, pretty good at setting and, and attaining goals. Okay. What's what's the thing that you could put on that list? For, what's someone going to do different tomorrow that that's going to make tomorrow different than today? Man, I it's hard. How, how do you get your shit done? How do you, like the things that you want to get done in a normal day? What helps you? The people that do it well don't know. So I, I will say today I don't know except for embracing the grind, and I hate that cliche, but I believe in it. And it was the ability to – I've, I've ground through so many different things in life recently, Sacrifice September, learning to wake up early or learning to like, hey, you know what, this is hard. And ultimately – I know I'm going to hate myself when I wake up early. I'm going to hate myself in the first 20 miles of this bike ride. I'm going to hate myself when I first start doing 100 push-ups a day. I'm going to hate my... But at the end of these sessions and during the day, I'm not going to hate myself nearly as much. And tomorrow, I'm going to appreciate myself. I'll tell you this morning, I woke up late because I went out with dinner with a buddy of mine last night, Stig. We were out a bit later than I expected, uh, went to bed late, and this morning my alarm clock went off at 5.30, which is my wake up, get on the fucking spin bike and get your morning going, and my bitch ass didn't hit snooze. Grabbed the phone, changed the time of the alarm by an hour, You and said, I'll do that. I didn't work out this morning, and man... I ate two biscottis today. Like I, I had a, I had a pretty good like bitch day, but man, I just, I, I enjoy those biscottis. By the way, I don't know if you saw those in Manifest or the shit, but man, I, I, I'm not. I'm more unhappy with me right now. I more hated myself through the day than I would have hated myself if I woke up five thirty with minimal sleep. If I would have woke up and done that workout with minimal sleep, I would the hundred mile ride I did. Dude, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You didn't. We all fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. So it's like, you know what? 
Check the box. I fucked up today. Yeah, Guess what? That sounds like such a cop out to me. How many of those fuck up days are you going to chalk up to it in because a row? He, of like, because he's, oh, well, I fucked up. Oh, well, because he's, I fucked up. Tomorrow I can fuck up too. Because he's dedicated and committed, he won't fuck up. Tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm not talking about him. And that's where I'm with you, Nick. We're talking about the average person. And the average person, I want to tell you right now, I agree with Jeremy about me. But the fact is, is if you keep quitting, you hate yourself more than you ever realize. And you will not fucking realize how much of a difference it is till you just get up and do it. Here's something that I 100% know. You don't know until you try. I hate Brussels sprouts until I ate them. I love Brussels sprouts, motherfucker. Those things are good. <laughs> you know, there's so many things we all have in our life that we didn't like. We whatever. I can't blah, 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 blah. Try it. Try it not once. I Mate is an Argentinian tea. I tried my first cup of mate. I was like, okay with it. I tried my second cup of mate. My third cup was like, man, where's that mate shit at, bro? Man, try it two, three, four times. Just make it a habit. Do whatever it is you want to do this week three times. It, wake up three times this week, 20 minutes early, and do 50 push-ups, 25 jumping jacks, whatever. Just do something this morning. Nothing hard. And if after the third day you feel like shit, give it up. Prove You will prove to yourself that, man, Nick... You hate waking up early in the morning sometimes. You hate yourself sometimes. But said and done, is it really that hard in hindsight? Uh, getting getting up is hard. But yeah. once you're up, you're fucking up. You just got to make that one. So what, what one makes decision. you... So what has held you accountable to getting up early? Uh, I write things down. It helps a lot. When I write it down and I see the words, or if I tell someone that I'm going to do it, or... Do if, you put it uh, on a vision board? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've made vision boards before. That's no shit. Where, where, so when you write it down, but, where, where is it at? Uh, I keep a journal. Okay, but uh, is this a journal? Is this it? No. Okay, curious. That's uh, there's his, probably his has a lock on it with a heart. <laughs> yeah, dear diary. Today, <laughs> today was terrible. Today was awful. <laughs> I'm gonna cut myself. <laughs> um, Down the railroad tracks. No, not but uh, <laughs> where's it? Where's it written? Is that the question I'm trying to answer? Yeah. Where? Where? Yeah. Do, where? Oh, so so, and that was, so the the piece of advice I like to give out is. Well, I'm a super habitual person, so okay. I'm, I'm not talking for me. Like, I know tomorrow, regardless of how late I'm here, my alarm's going to go off, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do my exercise, I'm going to have my morning. Yep. But not everyone is like that. Like, not everyone has... There, there were, you know, there was a time before I had exercise habits, right? And I'm just trying to think for for someone who's listening to this. Oh, these these guys already have it figured out. Fucking Jeremy's been riding bikes for however many years, and DJ's done eight thousand jumps. Listen, I sleep until six. I need to be getting up at four fifteen. I struggle. It's no different. And so that's what I, I only I interrupt you just because I want to make a point of just because we're sitting here saying, oh, do this and do this and do this. Listen, he fucked up today. DJ fucked up today. You're going to fuck up the next month and you're not going to wake up early or maybe you half ass a session just because, you know what? I just don't feel like it today. Tomorrow morning, my wife gets up 415. I may fall back asleep. So we're all susceptible to that. But at the end of the day, like he kind of alluded to is, I ultimately know deep down inside of me that I will feel better getting up earlier, doing something. I, in the past, so this week, two weeks ago, I committed. I said, you know what? I got to fucking quit this. And it's like, for me, it's like all or nothing. I'm an all in or I'm not doing it kind of guy. And so my wife hates that about me because it's like, well, I don't want to ride bikes. Let's ride a hundred miles. Well, we can't go for a two hour ride. No, it's not a hundred miles. I'm all or nothing. And so I'm trying to work around that. So it's like, okay, fine. I'm going to get up. I may not get my workout in the morning, 
But I'm going to get up when you get up, and I'm going to go start work. I'm going to have coffee. I'm going to get my day going. And then I can do my workouts while she's gone or whatever. And so I think to, to go to what you're saying is like, you just have to take that one step, right? You just have to taste that Brussels sprout. Mm. It tastes terrible. Taste it again just because it's a different day. If it still tastes terrible, okay, fine. You don't have to eat it anymore. Let's try spinach or collard greens or one of the shitty foods you can come up with. Donuts. Kale. <laughs> I love kale. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was no, uh, but I'm, that I'm got just, my attention. Again, I'm just thinking of a practical, attainable thing that someone who's listening to this can do to to get to get in the habit of you know something that's going to lead them to be in triathlete. And, and you said it. I'm not. Yeah, tri- triathlete. It, triathletes are fucking. Weird. Or wh- whatever their goal is, it doesn't have to be triathlon. Yeah. I'm just picking that as a as just an to arbitrary lose weight goal. or to be happier. I mean, just just to have less anxiety in the day. If if you write down what your goals are, just like you. I mean, you said it. You write it down. You write down, Joe. That's why I was digging a little bit more into that. I tell people write it down. So my my marketing guy. I'm I am. I like to be uncomfortable. I like to grow. My marketing guy said, I need you to stand in front of the camera now. I hate being in front of the camera. I don't know why. I just don't like it. I don't like hearing my voice. I don't like being in front of the camera. Stand in front of the camera. I need you to record a 30-second video clip for some marketing stuff because we want to grow. We want to get more people for you to help. Fuck. All right. Fine. Let's do it. So I go to the park. I swear to God, it was an hour and a half of me hitting record, walking out, recording this stupid fucking clip, saying this pre-planned speech that I wrote out, this little you know, segment. I hate that. I like free form like this. I like nothing structured, but I had to do it. I had to get uncomfortable. So I recorded this. Once I got it done, I sent it to him. He sent me the final copy back tonight. I'm like, holy shit, that's really good. Right. But I had to take that first step. And so what I, what I talked about in that video and that little kind of advertisement, if you will, is take a piece of paper or a post-it note, write three times one goal you want to do in the next month. Very simple. It could be save 500 bucks. It could be go to my kid's soccer game. It could be fucking skydive. It could be run a mile. It could be anything you want to do. It doesn't have to be this. And that's the problem I think with society is we have, we think it has to be this like super epic thing. That's way above anything everybody else has ever done. It's gotta be this epic thing. Basic start with foundation. So you write this one thing down, you put it in three places. I like, like the speedometer of your car, because we always look at that when we're driving. You will always see that. Don't put it, obviously, over top of the speedometer so you know how fast you're going. You get pulled over and go, hey, here's, my, here's how fast I was going. Um, I like bathroom mirrors and maybe a locker at a gym or somewhere else, refrigerator door, somewhere that is going to be in your face every single day. You have three chances of seeing that goal. It could be simple. It could be drink less Diet Cokes during the day. It doesn't have to be fitness related. It doesn't have to be fucking skydiving. It doesn't have to be write a fucking book. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can be as simple as tell my wife I love them. It can be written down somewhere, right? Three thing or th- one thing, three places. To me, I think that that is to go to your your point. That is the very first thing you must do to implement a change. Because you can see it in your bathroom mirror when you get up and brush your teeth in the morning and go, fuck that shit. I hadn't had coffee yet. I'm not doing that today. I'm not doing that this week. Then you see it on your speedometer and you go, fuck that shit. I'm in traffic. I'm trying to get to work. You come home. You're with the family. You had a decent day at work. You see it on the refrigerator and you go, oh shit. I told myself I'd do that. All right, I'm going to go do these 25 crunches. Or I'm going to tell my wife I love them or whatever it ends up being. The more simple it is, 
the easier it is to execute. Uh, you're you're going to start paying me to title your mental mastery shows because I think in short, uh, learn to appreciate accomplishment. It, 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 what you're describing to me and the goals I'm talking about is, is understand you can accomplish what you want to do and set easy goals ahead of yourself 20 minutes in the morning. Sure, I think that's part of it. Like a, a yeah. appreciating the accomplishments part of it. And then a big part of it is because I fucking said I would. Like just just have some integrity. Because how, how that's, many that's other lacking, areas... That's lacking in society, though, I believe. Oh, Be- sure it is. And, and, but, and but, but you start with a little thing, like what you're talking about, this little yeah. goal. And then you build on that on that little goal. But that, what that's why ext- I was after. What's the small step that yeah. someone can start? To what if they're extrinsically motivated? S- extrinsically motivated, though, they don't give a shit about accomplishing twenty five crunches in a day. They're more worried about their friends going to be proud of them, right? So their integrity doesn't make a shit unless their friends go, "Oh my god, you did that today," right? I don't and have I, I don't have hope for those people. <laughs> <laughs> but those people need help, right? Those sure. People the, are those out people there. need to hear this podcast and realize that there's not fucking shit for them down that road, and they need to take a fucking turn. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and so, DJ, what you you said something just a second ago? What did you say in your last little comment? It triggered me, and then I got sidetracked. About accomplishment, uh, appreciation, appreciation, accomplishment, yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. So the, the last thing I'll say in regards to all this, you know, humility, but gratitude. I think as a society, we lack gratitude. We lack appreciation. Let another motherfucker change lanes in front of me when I flash them in and they don't wave to me. Gratitude. Let me hold a door for someone and they don't say thank you. Gratitude. I swear to God, I'm going to punch somebody at some point in my life. I will end up in jail because someone did not say thank you for holding the door. I'm not. It's not no, a joke. That's, that, I, I've, like, been I've been there. Thank you, agreed. by the way, for thinking that way. So so <laughs> this is like real talk. It's like be gracious. Be Have gratitude for the things that you have. Instead of looking at the fact that you are 285 fucking pounds and your life is fucking terrible and you got to sit in traffic, be thankful you're alive. Be thankful your wife still loves you because you're a fat sack of shit. Right? Be thankful for the things that you do have. Then write those goals down. So maybe that's the step before writing those goals down is you have to be appreciative for the shit that you have right in front of you before you can decide what the next step is. Be thankful you have a job. Your boss is a dickhead. You got income, right? You have the time to find something else that makes you happy, to find something else that has better benefits, better pay, right? Your kids fucking up in school, help them out. Be gracious that you have the relationship with your child to sit down and go, hey, I want to help you. Guess what? I know a thing or two about engineering or math or whatever the fuck it is, right? I think gratitude, as we're kind of working backwards now, gratitude comes before goal setting. Gratitude and being thankful for the fact that you fucking woke up in the morning to get going is the first step. Because there's a few people tonight that won't wake up tomorrow morning. That's taken to a dark place, but I mean, it's, it's real talk. Like, I watched my dad wither away. And dad withered away, retired, as I said earlier, retired in the hospital bed. And I realized I'm not going to be that. I am thankful for the shit that I have. I don't have a pot to piss in, barely. But I am thankful that I have somewhere to sleep at night. You know, I'm thankful that I have someone that cares about me. I'm thankful for all that stuff. From there, I create the next goal for me. So I'm thankful and I'm appreciative for what I have. What can I do to be a little better tomorrow? Does it make sense? It makes sense. Clear I, think that, I think that's a great uh, optimistic standpoint to, to approach from. 
And, and and I have, and I think you're slightly pessimistic a little bit. Oh, I've I've been fueled by love and hate. Yeah, let's, let's say that. I, I say I always say I'm ninety percent optimist, but I'm ten percent pessimist. And that pessimist, it's fucking rainy, it's dark, and people are shitty, right? So it, I'm I'm not oblivious to the fact. See, but, but what do you say? It's rainy, it's dark, and people are shitty. Yeah, let's go fucking run in it. That's it. Yeah, because I want to be in that, right? Yeah, I see, and, that, and that's some shit I can get behind. And because because when that when when. The love and optimism and like, oh, I want to do this to better myself and I want to grow and I want it. When all that shit runs out, I can still hate my way through a workout. You know what? And, and so let me let me throw this out there real quick. So you've got a situation at work. you got a coworker that's an asshole and he just you hate being around him. Why are you looking at me? You got a you got a you got a spouse you're unhappy with. You got a kid that's just really fucking up and won't listen. How do you work through that? Right, so the the op the pessimist in me says, "Fuck them, they're on their own. They have to figure it out." The optimist in me says, "I'm going to be overly nice to this person and see what happens." Nothing negative has ever happened in being nice to someone, even the asshole that doesn't say thank you for holding the door. But at some point, I will cash in my chips and say, "I've tried hard enough, and I'm not wasting any more energy on you." At some point, you do. <laughs> Okay. That is correct. As long as we're agreeing on that. No, no, we're 100%. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah. All right. We got 10 minutes to talk to this guy into being a skydiver. Yeah, dude. We we are going to we are over <laughs> our pumpkin time. No, I'm already I'm already there. Like you guys don't have to convince me. But let's let's play. I'll play I'll play devil's advocate here. We'll do more of this show again at another time to have more of these conversations. You've done two tandems. Bottomless promises right there. Bottomless right. promises. You know, I don't think I asked you all but two questions that are on my full he's page gonna, of he, notes and questions. He's going <laughs> to let me down like you did his USC fight. Carry on. Oh, no, I'll have you back on. We do repeat guests, um, especially because we're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually happened to listen to that one today. It's like, listen, if anybody out here wants to come on our podcast, I'm like, oh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was quite that sad. How the fuck do people <laughs> not want to be on this? Like, this is three, the four dudes sitting in a room just chatting. What episode yeah. number is this? 115. 115. Yeah. No, one of the cool things is. That's fucking awesome. A huge name in our sport, Norman Kent, is a buddy of ours, and he hit me up like, yo, I'm going to be in town in two months. I want to be on the show again. Yeah. I've asked some pretty decent name jumpers like, hey, yo, bro, before I can even ask him to be on the show, they're like, I know about Gravity Lab. I'd like to be on it. I'm like, yo, hey, man, you know Nick Lott? Yeah, I know Nick Lott. You guys do a show together. I want to be on it. That was one of my conversations. Um, it's really cool. We still let those people know, hey, we are available. You want to do shows with us. You yeah. want to pay for Nick and I to go on an airplane to DeLand so we can do shows with really cool people. Go to people. where? Where is that? DeLand is like a, a mecca for skydiving. A lot of our manufacturers. DeLand, D-E. Florida, yeah. Yeah, D-E-L-A-D. Is that a city name? City name. Now, remember, I'm outside the fucking circle here, okay? So you got to dumb it down. Yeah, yeah. DeLand is it's a like, city name. It's like it, the Kona. Ooh. No, no, it's not. It's uh, not. Maybe it's close, I guess. Okay. Some America, of your okay. largest manufacturers are based out of there. Okay. A drop zone is there. Um, and a lot of your... Uh, th- there's just a lot of great stuff going on in that city. So okay. uh, some of your biggest name modern inventors and fathers of modern skydiving yep. are there. Okay. So you've got two tandems. So you all need to be there, basically. We want to go there because I want to interview the vice president of the largest canopy manufacturer, the founder of the largest container manufacturer. Container is your magic backpack. Let's get you the there. How do we get you there? Um, we're working on that. We're trying. I'm actually, I just threw out a little, uh, pl- uh, the, the ad for this show that I pre-recorded is me saying, hey, tonight's Gravity Lab Re- episode is brought to you by you. What do I mean? Nick and I want to go to DeLand. Can you guys fund our trip? Because <laughs> this is a fully self-funded show and we're broke. I actually paid to be on this show. For those that are listening... I had to <laughs> donate 50 bucks to be on this damn show. So anyway, 
I thought it was a hundred. God, I wish that was true. We'd <laughs> have like a few thousand dollars. I thought, I, man, by now. I, thought yeah. I did the payment plan. Did oh, I not man. do the deferment? I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. Okay. <laughs> so you've done two tandems. I have. Um, I was there for your first tandem. Yep. Second tandem in Yosemite. Yep. Yosemite. Yosemite. That's my favorite. We're going to save your third tandem for when you're ready to jump. And the reason I say that. Apparently, I, I, I bought a fucking credit like when I jumped down there. I don't know if it's still good or not. It expires. It's still good. I've seen 10 year old ones come out. Okay, it never expires. Never expires. Okay. I thought he said it expires, and you go, no, it's still good. I'm like, what the no, 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 I'm expires. jumping tomorrow then. <laughs> our, our rates go up. At some point, we sold $99 tandems. Our second tandem price went up at some point. The $99 tandem you prepaid yep. is still what it is. Boom. If rates go up again, no, you've already locked in your jump. Well, then I'm jumping soon. Yeah. Well, so before you make sure you jump soon, here's what I'm going to tell oh, you. Tomorrow looks like shit. Going from tandem... <laughs> Yeah. To student program to solo progression. Yep, yep. You need to make that tandem within so many days of you taking the first jump school, which is where we're like, hey, bro, here's your gear. Here's what you do to fly and land your parachute without my ass hooked up to you. Got it. And if shit goes wrong, here's the handles you pull to get rid of the bad shit and add the good shit. Got I'm going to talk about old fun videos, that malfunction video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's Retro. That's the gist of that class. You need 25 jumps to get your A license. Your okay. tandems do count. Your military jumps. At some point, could count if we got military records. They're not worth fucking counting. You're going to get the jumps through what you need to do anyways. Okay. When are you going to start your student program? I don't know what the student program is. Dumb it down. The A license, 25 jumps. You need 25. So you do your next tandem. Gotcha. After your next tandem, you take a four-hour to eight-hour ground school. Depends who teaches it. Okay. From there, you're going to go out on your first jump. Somebody's going to hold on to the side of you. This is you in your head. My, my middle finger is your head. I'm holding up my hand if you can't see this. This is me or another instructor like Justin. Yep. And we're on your side and we're holding on to your harness. If your legs need to be straighter, we give you a peace sign. Straighten yep. out your legs. If you need to check your altitude, we say, hey, look at this altimeter thing. We give you hand signals to talk to you. Yep. You, lie, you fly and land your parachute on your own. We got a radio just in case you fuck up. Yo, bro, you're going the wrong way. Come back home. Second jump, we're holding on to you. Third jump, we let go. Then you start doing turns. Then you start doing flips and shit. Then you start diving out and catching us. Then you start learning how to adjust your fall rate. Like we fall. So so you learn all these things to get your license. That's the basic nutshell of a license progression. It is. What's the new A license package? 2,800, 2,400. No, 24 is old. It's $28 or $29. So $2,800, $2,900. It's one of the most affordable packages in the United States to get your A license. It includes 23 jumps. It's all your instructor training jumps. It's USPA membership fee. It's our governing body that you have to join. It's your packing class. You can pay in a different way, but you pay more. It's just a huge discount to get that A license. That's what you're looking at to become a licensed skydiver. Once you're licensed, $28 to make a skydive. Right. A in a week's $2,900. Thank you, Justin. If you need to rent a rig, Solid work. it's $25 a jump to rent a rig. You'll okay. eventually buy so, your own. So it's 55 bucks a jump, basically, yep. to rent a rig. You okay. can now jump with anybody in the world who's willing to jump with you and has a license at most places in the world. Not at like Dubai, you know, the Palm at Dubai. You have to have a shitload of experience before they let you jump near that thing. So let me, let me, I'm going to fast forward past all this bullshit. Let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of moving towards that? It's like what, what fun. Is, <laughs> that, that really narrows it down. Okay, uh, let me back up. How do I sell this to my wife that I need to involve myself more into this death-defying maneuver repeatedly? So that's a very vague question because the real question is what's her hindrances to you doing it? Death. 
death. Do you need another hindrance? I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. No, 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 for sure. That that makes sense. Uh, I will give you the metrics. I don't have it off the top of my head, but the it's fatality index is super tiny. Yeah. I would promise you that more tri- triathletes are getting killed on their bikes on the side of the road in, in Texas every for year sure. that people are dying. Yeah. Sky so, so what is... How long does it take to do these jumps to complete this process to get your A license? Give me a week. You'll be there. If we have good weather in a week, we'll get you there in five days. Can I run a bike there every day? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. How about you show up on Friday? We'll do your tandem. We'll flip that tire 100 times, and then you can ride your bike home. I'm going to flip the tire, but I got a guy. <laughs> we're going a guy's trip, guy's trip fishing trip this weekend, so... When does that start? Pull that off. Uh, 11 a.m. on Friday. You made that up by the line. <laughs> no, that's a true story. Um, so, and I, I, the funny part is, is that I think as, as being an endurance coach, I enjoy, sure, I enjoy the free fall. I enjoy the canopy opening. I enjoy the technical aspect. Like, so, so when I jumped with you guys, it was basically, roll's not going to let you die. You've been out of a plane before. Let's go have some fun. It was that, that quick. Cold air was blowing so fast up my nose, I couldn't even breathe and enjoy the free fall, right? And this is just my little bit of experience, and I'll wrap it up quickly. But um, So when I go to Yosemite, buddy goes, hey, let's go jump. It was the exact polar, and I told you this, the exact polar opposite experience. It was literally roll up to the, to the drop zone. The key to the gate for the airport was on a pole outside. Completely different experience. Opened it up, went inside, met these guys. And it was totally okay. Here's your chute. Step in here. Arms on here. All right, let's go. We're good to go. My skydive instructor was the owner of the, of the facility, really super nice guy, was wearing Crocs. And as I'm walking out, I take a picture of my skydive instructor walking in front of me wearing fucking Crocs. And I go, dude, you're wearing Crocs? He goes, I'll put him in high-speed mode. And he like literally flips the tab up over his heel. He's like, we're ready to go. So instead of what you guys have, this elegant plane that seats God knows how many, that ascends and descends ridiculously fast. This is like an old Cessna that they're like, all right, shit, we got to cut weight. Let's start pulling out these internal panels. Like it was just ribs and outside the plane. See, there's a guy who rides a shitty mountain bike that he got at the thrift store yeah. down the road and calls himself a cyclist, right? For sure. And no. then there's the guys who are all fucking decked no, out. I, I get the difference. Shimano, fucking, I'm in spandex. But the, different, the, the difference for me as a it was my second jump. So for me, the difference was that grassroots feel. We literally, the first time I ever saw Yosemite Valley was via plane. Dope. At sunset. We jumped at like 7 p.m. Like, come on. So, so and they bring us back around. It's a 45-minute plane ride. Like, you're sitting up there strapped to another grown-ass man with three <laughs> other grown-ass men in there, and you're going, okay, this is like a porno or something. Well, when right? are we going to start kissing each other? Right, like something's <laughs> happening here. <laughs> and so so we get to play, and I actually, but the difference for me is that my second jump, I enjoyed more than my first jump simply because I actually got to take in the free fall. Real expectations. I knew, yeah, I knew it was going to be, uh, but having jumped out of the military planes, you still got to launch yourself out of a perfectly yeah. good plane, as they say, even though Air Force pilots are fucking terrible. Um, so you, you get out of the plane, but the, the, I did not understand the breathing portion of it in the free fall. My first, my second one, I knew how to breathe. And so I actually got to like literally free fall and looking around and I'm taking in what I'm seeing. And so for me, it was the experience was better because I was more experienced. And so I'm assuming as you go through this program that it becomes almost natural, right? To fall out of this plane and, and to breathe and to position and to fall, 
And so that's, I'm assuming, is the purpose of the course is to go through the progressions of So the purpose of the course is going to teach you two things overall in general. Before I tell you those two things, I'm going to tell you breathing's in your head. You forgot how to do the most natural thing in the world you know how to do. (laughs) I don't disagree. It's not a physical trait. It's not a physical thing. It's you forgot how to do something you naturally. Like the, the first thing you knew how to do in life was breathe. I failed at. You might have got smacked to learn how to do it, but the yep. first thing you knew how to do, you failed. Yep, yep. no, 100%. <laughs> super common, super common. Um, people jump out of the plane. When they jump out of the plane, they gasp because <gasps> it's an exciting moment. You're so overloaded, you don't realize you gasp. So in free fall, you go, <gasps> I can't breathe because you're already full of air, asshole. Right. Scream. You're either scared or you're either having fun. Scream. Let's out all the air. Yep. Start breathing consciously in your nose, out your mouth. The scream, the conscious reset of breathing is what really changes it for people so if you're ever a skydiver and you're having a hard time breathing you're new to jumping it dude scream it's fun have yeah. a good time in student programs whether it's here at spaceland we call ours stp or skydiver training program or the isp an integrated student program for other nerd places um the purpose of the student program is twofold number one the first half basic survival skills Hey, bro, if you jump out of an airplane, number one, can you recognize where you're at? Hey, I'm over a safe place. The winds are okay. The ground's okay. I'm over a safe place. I, I, I can get to where I need to land. Cool, I can jump out. Hey, I can be stable. Because the more stable you are, the better your parachute opens. Cool, I can do that. Cool, I can open my parachute safely. Cool, I can land safely. Man, I can do everything by myself with nobody's help. First half of the program is to teach you self-sufficiency. The second half of the program is to teach you group freefall skills. Because no matter how fun masturbation is, sex is a lot more fun, right? Or circle jerk. Skydiving by yourself <laughs> is... Am a, I right, guys? It's a bunch of Fellas? dudes usually. Yeah. Fellas, It is right? a sausage fest in skydiving, 90 or 85% male. Um, <sighs> skydiving by yourself can be fun to a point, but skydiving with your homies is so much more fun. For sure. So much more fun. So you learn great free fall skills. Believe it or not, I don't care what my science teacher told me in high school, we fall at different speeds because we don't live in a vacuum. Yep. Justin naturally has a little bit faster fall rate because he's a manlier man than Nicholas Lott. Got that big old dick. Who has <laughs> Boom. He's leading Straight it with, down. He's leading it with schlong. <laughs> or balls, whatever. Um, yeah. So we, we all have different fall rates. So we need to teach you how to adjust your fall rate to fall with a group. How to approach a group. How to dock or grab and hold on to each other. How to leave a group. Because ultimately, you can skydive together all day long. But if you open your parachutes together and they tangle up, you're fucked. You're fucked, yeah. So how do you get away? That's called tracking or leaving at the end of group. Yep. So the second half of the program is to teach you those survival skills. Learn to pack a parachute along the way, not because you'll pack all the time, but because you can recognize a good packer if you need to hire one. You should actually pack your own parachute. I don't like packing parachutes, so I kind of enjoy it. You know, there's that 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 therapeutic stage for me. You know, like things you don't like, you embrace. Um, those are the basic gist of any student program. Survival skills, group skills. This is what I think changes the most from someone who goes skydiving for their first time, whether they enjoy it or not, and someone who learns to skydive, is I think that someone who's never made a skydive before or maybe someone who's done one or two, you think about what's happening with your movement relative to the ground, to the planet, right? You're looking down, you're falling at the earth, oh my God. But I think when it really changes is when you start thinking about your movement relative to other people on the jump. Because it's like, DJ and I aren't going to talk about going on a skydive and falling towards the ground. We're going to talk about going on a skydive and flying with one another. And now that my focus is DJ, now I'm engaged in the sport of movement with something close to me in movement that I can control. I can't really control my movement towards the ground, Correct. really. Right. I mean, that's kind of a sensory thing of like, 
looking down, feeling like you're, you know, yep. here's this adrenaline rush going crazy, whatever. But I think that just like for you, so sometimes your sport starts riding a bike. Sometimes it starts jumping in the water. For us, it just starts when we leave an airplane and now we're, we're flying. But I think that it, like, I'm never going to go to DJ after a jump and be like, yo, bro, like, I was hauling ass toward the ground. Yeah, that's just not a conversation we would have. Right. And I think that when people make that mental switch, they start to learn. I mean, they, they just start to think about it more like experienced guy ever think about it. And I, I, I am, my intrigue is in is in the the mechanics of it. My intrigue is. Have you been to the wind tunnel to see people fly inside? Like the ice guy? Yeah, I fly. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, I did it with my daughter. Have you seen experienced people do it? Yeah, it's impressive. Was the shit, if, if you want to talk about technical, that's, the shit that's they the were doing was was impressive because they were doing it before we went in there. Um, it was it was definitely impressive, and that's I'm I'm interested in from a coaching perspective, the 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 fear of leaving the plane is not there, right? I, I, in the army, they're yelling at you, and you don't get a fucking choice. You either get a foot in the ass or you go out the door. Much lower than we ever will. Oh my god, you know, and shoots pulled for you, and we're I think thirteen fourteen hundred feet maybe on our. That's a high one. And and yeah, well, combat yeah. jumps are six hundred feet. So you, yep. but at you know, you're a hundred feet above the ground, which you're judging. You're releasing your ruck, which falls fifteen feet below you, which is fucking eighty pounds, and it hits before you, and you got a fucking gun strapped in a gun case. <laughs> like it's way different than the experience that I had. But I'm I'm very interested in in the body mechanics piece of it, in terms of of how to manipulate your body in space to slow fall rate, increase fall rate movement things like that um and obviously there's a lot that i have to learn but i am intrigued at the fact you guys said it several times i just get so geeked out about it's like flying i fucking love birds birds are the only free creature that there is in the entire planet they can go wherever the fuck they want to whenever the fuck they want to so when you say flying every time i'm like that's what skydiving is like to me it's not falling it's flying and and my perception like when we're riding our bikes and i see people jumping out there I, we ride out that way all the time rochere at the gas station and I see people coming out, and I'm like, that's where it's at. Like, they're fucking flying. That's the closest thing we'll ever have to freedom, I think, as human beings. And so I'm, I'm super intrigued by it, without a doubt. Like, I think about it. I was thinking about it two weeks ago. I was like, man, I got I to gotta use that last credit. Like, I want to feel that. I want to feel flying. You, you got to get past those tandems. Once you're once you're not attached to somebody else, once the instructor lets go of you and you make that first turn back towards your instructor and you straighten your legs and you feel yourself move towards them, man, it is fucking crazy. Like to think that we're really jumping out of airplanes when I start to think about literally what's actually happening, that I'm going to ride up into the sky in this little metal tube with a bunch <laughs> of my buddies and we're going to jump out and giggle and smile and hold hands as we plummet towards the fucking planet. That is crazy shit. See, that's, that's, and it feels so normal. That's my jam. <laughs> I want you right now to think about this thought process. Right okay. now you're falling. Yep. Right now you're falling and you're this far from that door. Yep. How are you going to get there? You have no clue. <laughs> now, let me change the question. Put my arms like Superman. <laughs> oh, you're going backwards. backwards. That's ass backwards. But let me ask you. Everything is opposite of Let me think. ask you a different question. Okay. I want you to not really, don't do this, but stand up and walk out this room right now. Do you okay. even have to think about that? No. And that's the beauty of what Nick and like Justin as well. I, I, we're leaving Justin out of conversation. He's a part-time skydiver. He's also an instructor as well. Um, trained by the best. <laughs> So I've heard. <laughs> um, Allegedly. Yeah. But if if we were in this room right now and we were falling, when I got that door, there'd be zero thought to how to get out that door. Right. You just walk out the door. What do you mean? Right. And that ability to fly. And you you have 
you have completely uh, just put it in what skydivers want. Dream of flight. The largest canopy, which is named for parachute, the largest canopy manufacturer in the world, one of their slogans is dream of flight. I want to fly. Like, I swear to God, I look at, when I rode my bike, people make fun of me. I grew up looking at birds with my grandma, and when I see a bird, I see freedom. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It could be a fucking piece of shit cardinal. Like, it could be whatever, but it's the fact of moving through the air, not bound to the ground. If being in an airplane is flying, then being in a boat is swimming. Get out of the vehicle and experience the elements. That's what it's. I'm not smart. I'm not. A, no, th- that's an old school state. Yeah. T-shirt. T-shirt. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Can we put that on a hat? Like hashtag maybe like court. all the way across, like a beanie. Can you? Can you? Can you <laughs> no, that's too big of a beanie. Option Studios. <laughs> What's up, Option Studios, man? So, um, man, we got to turn into pumpkins here in a little bit. So Let's before we, before we wrap, Mr. Jeremy Brown, anything that you want to share with your friends, your fans, people listening, things to get your mind right. You know the. I don't have all the answers, you know, and, and I think we discovered that a lot tonight. I got a lot of shit that I don't really know what I'm talking about, to be honest <laughs> with you. I am merely walking through the journey of life with everybody that decides to join me, whether it's you guys or people listen to this. or, um, But, you know, if, if you're interested in any of the shit that I said earlier, maybe the podcast we referenced to, go to getmymindright.com. It's very simple. You go there, you hit play on a playlist. Um, you can get added to the mailing list. Get every every single Monday morning. It's a literally two-ish minute podcast that comes into your ear and just... It's kind of points you in the right direction. So, you know, the biggest thing for me is I just want I want people to be better. Whatever better is to them. It could be a better skydiver. It could be a better <laughs> spouse. It could be a better employee. It could be a better human being. Like, it doesn't make a shit to me. Um, and the last thing I'll leave you with is, is say thank you when somebody holds a fucking door for you. Wave drop somebody <laughs> lets you in the fucking traffic lane. <laughs> Guys and gals, if you're listening to this on the podcast, as always, we're going to have in the show notes links to his website, to his podcast, to any way you want to get a hold of Jeremy. So anywhere you are in the world, I highly recommend checking out Why are you holding podcast. pliers? I got to ask that. Hang on. Before you go much further, why are you holding pliers? Remember the mic so stand the that's broken? Mic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Carry and on. It sits here on. and it's now my fidget spinner. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Is yeah, I, I play with them all the time. I need to put them away. <laughs> what kind of weird shit are you into over there? Yeah, it's really wrenching my gears oh, oh my God. that's oh, man. terrible joke hey, sorry Jesus. i'm a bit of a tool oh. Oh. <laughs> good comeback <laughs> these can go on forever with him <laughs> um we will have everything linked so if you're out anywhere in the world listen to these these shows mental mastery is awesome uh caffeine and coaching even though you're not an endurance athlete you'll enjoy i, I firmly believe that if you're local in the houston area and you want to get into some of these things check out his website definitely a good guy uh, i met you through adrian a buddy we've mentioned i have seen a lot of what you do i know a lot of the people you coach and everybody speaks super highly of you he's you lying I, you full, and, full of lies you and i have a sit down at another conversation about a century ride i want to do about a sprint try i want to think about um, that, that's really where I was hoping that conversation was going to go is that we were going to wrap you into doing oh, a sprint distance triathlon. Oh. Sprint distance? Mama didn't raise no bitch. Yeah, dude. Start, <laughs> you got to start a bitch status. You, you, you jump you, out of planes, but you're... You, you know right, how I ended it, up running it. these 150 miles got that I've it. run this year? Because this fucking idiot said, hey, what do you think about trying to run a mile a day? And so I started running a mile a day the next day. You know how many miles he's run? Probably about five. <laughs> I'd say a half of one. <laughs> no, about ten. How how many in a, in a what's the most no. you run in a day? A mile. Oh, mm. okay. Well, mm. is that even running? Uh, no, because I can't make the full mile. I have torn meniscus in the center of the, my meniscus. You know what I hear? Bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I I keep trying to run, and yeah. then a buddy of ours was on the show, and he suggested running on a track. So I went up to Dawson and hit the track. Yeah. That like it helped. Wednesday mornings. 
5 a.m. track, Dawson. It you know helps, that track. But yeah, I know, dude, I drive right, right, right by the house, right? I, I, uh, it helps, but I still get severely swollen knees when I run, yep. which is why I switched to the bike. Yep. Good call. So um, uh, that's where I'm like, I'm, I, I would consider a full try, but I need to test the waters. The running part is the part that scares yeah, me the most. Yeah, it's easy. Dude, a fucking bike ride. Dude, dude the 750-meter uh, uh, swim, that's not going to be easy, but I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. I got you. Go to the go to uh, Pearland, uh, Nat. Nat. Yeah, and do my swim there. Hop on. Or a bike. you could go a mile away to my neighborhood pool. It's a lap pool. Just saying. I know where. Yeah, and I play golf in that neighborhood. I access. You I play prob- golf. Uh, dude, Ooh, look right behind you. I'm not good at golf. I like Ooh, to golf. Shit. I'm what not. are you like? An eight handicap? Dude, no, no. I am a handicap. <laughs> <laughs> I played golf for about a year and a half, and then I okay. took a break because I fucked up my shoulder. I ain't played since. And that you're, year all, and a, you're all fucking broken. In that year and a half, I got to about a uh, low 90s. Okay. So yeah. I played the first year right-handed, the second year left-handed. Fair enough. So Fair um, enough. Uh, so about a year of left-handed golf, and I got to the low 90s. I'll get you triathlon, and you get me skydiving. Cool. Guys Done. and gals, Mr. Pete, anything else you got to share, Homer? No, that's it. Mr. Hey, th- thank you, fellas. Seriously. Yeah, I, for I'm sure, bro. Extremely humbled to come on here. It was, it was fun to come on and chat and... Be poked and prodded. No, thanks for being here, man. And uh, I, I, I did really enjoy your podcast. So anyone who's looking to mix it up, check it out. He'll stop listening from here on out. What, huh? Mr. What? G. Dude, we're going to have you back. I didn't get to I didn't get to ask you about cryotherapy. We didn't get to talk about diet. We didn't get to talk oh, about sleep. We didn't get to talk about a bunch of shit. So you're going to come back and, my uh, dude. and I'll have some more stuff to, uh, to chat with you I about. could unleash the two of you on each other and you guys would just go hay- haywire. Like, for Circle real. jerk with just two guys. For sure, man. <laughs> so guys and gals. Just don't look me in the eyes. That shit's fucking Justin, <laughs> you got anything else you want to say? Nope. Gay? Guys and gals, this is Gravity Lab Radio. Next week, we will have somebody on the show. I haven't told you who yet because I don't know the fuck yet either. Not me. Till then, <laughs> this is Gravity Lab Radio. DJ Marvin, Nicholas Lott, Mr. G, Jeremy Brown. Thanks Later. for being here. Thanks for listening. Blue skies, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs>